Welcome to Critter Apocalypse episode 182. I just did this intro perfectly and Ant fucked it. So here we are. Ant, how you doing? There's some mouth noise at the start there. There, there is. Because I've got a fucking mouth. Mm. What do you think? What kind of noise do you think my mouth's going to make? Well, if you do that, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's an audible audible response to the silliness. Oh God, I feel like I'm dying. All right, oh, Ant. Nick Cesarigo. Welcome. Fucking mouth noises. Welcome, Ant. Mm. How you doing this week? Alright. Have you heard about the Oscars? Well, who's your favourite to win the Oscars this year? I don't fucking know what's going on. Have you Os- seen any of the Oscar movies? Shall I give you a list? Oh, and God. we'll predict today your Oscar winner, okay? Um, I haven't seen Drive My Car. That's probably going to win, isn't it? Only isn't if you're a favorite? racist. No, it's not the favourite for Best Picture. It is, isn't it? No. All right, okay. Nominated. You weren't, prote- weren't prepared. You just started talking about the no, Oscars. I've got, and you had I've no got the idea. list. I have the list, all right? You have no idea. So, best picture. Tell me which ones you've seen. Nightmare Alley. No. Don't Look Up. I saw that, but best Dune. picture. Yeah, somehow Don't Look Up has best picture as a nomination. Dune. No. <clears throat> Drive My Car. No. Belfast. No. Licorice Pizza. No. Power of the Dog. No. West Side Story. No. King Richard. No. Coda. Oh, yeah. You've watched Coda? No. Okay, best actor. Tell me which one you think... Well, actually, sorry. Going by your limited knowledge of the uh, of the winners, of who you think is going to win. Who who do you think is going to win? Which one did I say I've seen? You've seen Drive My Car, you said. No, I didn't. I haven't seen that. You've seen Don't Look Up, you said. Yeah. You think, you don't think, you think it's going to be another green book? Well, I mean, it's all right. <laughs> yeah. It, should, it doesn't... I think I... Like, of all the American films in there, I'd say that the one that probably deserves to win it is Nightmare Alley. Everything else was a bit bland. A lot of people don't like Nightmare Alley, though. I mean, Belfast, potentially. Um, Dune would be a real upset and really interesting, but I don't think that's going to happen. Drive My Car is the one that everyone's... All right. We're just going to do do Best Actor and Best Actress, and then we'll leave it. Best Actor and Best Actress, and then we'll leave it. Okay, so Andrew Garfield in Tick, Tick, Boom. For Tick, Tick, Boom. He's not getting Best Actor for Spider-Man No Way Home. Spoilers, what? You have to put a spoiler tag before you say anything. Okay, Benedict Cumberbatch for uh, Spider-Man No Way, No Power of the Dog. Famously, the direct, famously, the director of that said uh, recently some pretty was fucked really, up shit. Was it really famously that she said it was She it? said something really fucked up. Do you want me to read the quote after this? I don't care. All right, Javier Bardem. Javier Bardem. Javier Bardem. Javier Bardem for being the Ricardos, which I've heard is dog shit. No, not seen it. No, not seen it? No. Denzel Washington for The Tragedy of Macbeth. No, not seen it. That actually, I reckon that deserves a that deserves a best picture nod, because that was really good. And Will Smith and King Richard. Which one of those five do you think is going to win? Didn't see any of them. So. No, but which one of those five, randomly, are you going to guess is going to win? None, none of them. The, girl, mean, the, the dude from Malignant. Cop no, no, come from on. Malignant. Guess, guess a person. Who you think is going to win? I, I don't know. Who's 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 everyone going to be happy with winning this year? I would be happy if Denzel Washington got it. Yeah, hasn't he already won before? Yeah. Well, then um, no, I reckon Benedict Cumberbatch is likely to get it, but I wouldn't be unhappy with Andrew Garfield or Denzel Washington. Well, Marvel will it. probably be pushing for him to not get it because he'll start costing more. Yeah. Will Smith in King Richard was good. He was actually acting, but he that film is boring. It's quite difficult to get through. I've made it an hour in, and I'm still. Planning to finish it. Well, the Shakespeare. Thing. No, King King Richard, the one where he's like the the father of Vanessa and 
whatever her name Williams the tennis champions oh yeah he's an abusive father oh right, you fine. hate black people yeah. no 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 I have no problem with black people I have a problem with abusive fathers as long fathers. as they don't come near you I have problems with abusive fathers I'm oh. fucking sorry Ant. I know that you are a men's rights advocate and you love abusive dads and you think they deserve all the rights that women get yeah all the rights the abusive women get no 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 just parents yeah even if they are abusive Okay, so uh, finally, we're going to get your guess on Best Actress. You ready? Jessica Chastain for The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Don't think it's deserved. Glenn Close up there again this year? Olivia Colman, The Lost Daughter. She's very good. Kirsten Stewart, or Kristen Stewart. Spencer. Surprisingly, Nicole Kidman's in with a nod for being the Ricardos. Again, I've heard that film is very bad, so I'm not sure how that happened. Um, and then finally, Penelope Cruz for Madra Parallels, which is Parallel Mothers. How do you how do you say that? Madra Parallels, Parallelas. The Spanish, the Pedro Almodovar film. Who? The Pedro Almodovar film. Yeah, say it. Parallel Mothers. Yeah, just call it by the British title. It's the Parallel the, Mothers. Yeah. English is spoken in more places than just Britain. You're forgetting Wales. I speak it there. Anyway, which one of those women do you think is going to win Best Actress? Has Mel Street gone on that long? No, no. Well, that's not fair. But if you Olivia Coleman, it's always. You reckon it's Olivia yeah. Coleman? You don't think Kristen Stewart? Yeah, because the very more good the Oscars she wins, the funnier it was that she was in like Look Around You and Peep Show and stuff. Did you see her Oscar speech? When when she won last time for no. the favorite, and her speech was she was reading the auto cue. She's like thanking people, and she goes. Oh, you've got five minutes. Oh, uh, and then gave him the finger because the auto was telling her to hurry up because she only had five minutes. Um, and she accidentally read it. Um, okay, so we're going to quickly... Jane Campion. Basically, she said uh, black people... <laughs> black people. Or black men or some shit like that. Like, No, didn't she just compare something to her Venus Williams or something? No, 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 no. I thought that's all it, what, what it no. was. She's an old white woman. Who cares? It was just—it was just amazing the way she just. She was on stage. It was completely unprompted. She just decided to be a racist old white woman. <laughs> She's like, "I don't care. I'm sorry. You don't understand. You're not here up on the stage. You might be struggling. But you're not struggling like a woman in this society. A white woman doing westerns—that's real difficult." Whatever. I don't mind. You haven't got this planned out. You're just starting. No, no, I just, just looking to for you, quotes. I want to talk to you about the Oscars. I don't care about the Oscars. Yes, you do. You, every year you have your Oscar party. Yeah, very famously. Yeah, yeah famously. Yeah, famously. Brad Pitt came one year. Yeah. He was like, have I won an Oscar? And you said no. And then he went back to going to sleep in, in the coat room. Because <laughs> Brad Pitt. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to get another one of these beans. And you're first. Am I? Yeah. Am I first this week? Oh. I've got a little bot bot that turns into like a maraca. Does it shake? No, but he's got um, a little skelly bone head. Because it's like a Day of the Dead thing. Oh, yeah, Carolina Reaper one again. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, that's silly. You shouldn't eat any of those. Yeah. We have spicy beans. And fisted a fucking load into his mouth. Yeah, it's fine. And then I had to go downstairs and cry about it for a couple of minutes. I went downstairs to get my like drink and have a wee. I heard retching. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just eat another one then. Ah! Eat the one in the corner there, specifically that red one. Fine. Specifically eat that red one, because it doesn't hurt you. They don't taste of anything. It doesn't affect you. Yeah, just eat it then. It just tastes of sweet. Just eat it then. Just eat it then. Just eat that. No. Right there. Just that one. You you brought them. You can eat them, man. Fucking 
I just ate one. It wasn't very nice. I know. But you need I to know. try it because you they're have different not, taste buds. They're not nice. They stick My to your hurts. teeth. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you get. Why did I eat that? Eh? That's what you get. Just like Paramore once sang, that's what you get. Just like when you uh, let My Chemical Romance sang That's what they sang. Teenagers scare the living beep out of me. Because I'm old. Isn't he like 20-something? He's like 40. Is he? Yeah, Jared oh. Way is like 40, maybe 50 at this oh, point. Oh, God. Yeah, Gerard Way. He's the person who wrote um, Umbrella Academy. Too old to be wearing eyeliner. All right, you fucking homophobe. Fucking eyeliner. How old is... Uh, he's 44. How old is uh, Jared Leto? He's 50 this year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and he likes 16-year-olds who wear eyeliner. So stop being a racist. The only person you can get away wearing eyeliner that old, only guy, is Robert Smith of the Cure. Isn't it weird, right, that he likes girls that dress goffy and wear eyeliner? Jared Leto, not Robert Jared Smith. Jared Leto, yes. He likes women who are young and wear eyeliner, but he likes to fuck them in the bottom when they're underage, technically, in the areas where he sleeps with them. Apparently. This is all speculation and rumour. And well-known among Hollywood people. So much so that James Gunn has even mentioned it when hiring people for the Suicide Squad. What? Never mind. And your first review. Yeah. What am I going to read? I don't know. Jared Leto <laughs> should I talk about arrest. Should I talk about the latest? Latest movie. Oh, fuck's sake. Come Rider, whatever. Latest movie. It's Spoiled been it. released. Is it Cube? No. Is it Come Rider? No, it, we got it very quickly... Because they release this movie in cinemas in Japan. Turning red. But they also let you buy a DVD. Turning red. A Blu-ray at the screening if you want to take one home, even though it's not actually released on Blu-ray till, like, later in the year. But I watched Carmen Rider O's 10th, just as Carmen Rider O's 10th, um, the core medals resurrection. It's got a city tile. Whatever. Carmen Rider O's is a great Carmen Rider series. One of the best. One, one really good one. Tells the story of E.G. E.G. and Unk. Unk's like a disembodied arm, and he takes over a guy's body who's almost dead. Yeah. In the process, healing him over the course of the series takes a long time. But um, the series ends. Spoilers for the ten-year-old series, twelve, eleven-year-old series now. Um, and Unk dies, and his little medal that is the thing that keeps him alive is it not? cracks. And IG says in that one, he's going to do what he can to bring Unk back at some point. Bring him back to life. Yeah. He reckons he can repair it and bring him back. Magic. And over the years, they've done the odd little tease of this every now and again. Yeah. Um, They had like a one where there was like a fake version of him brought back and it was like, ooh, sad and stuff. Yeah. Um, but they've teased it every now and again over the years. They've had IG turn up and little references and things like that. But this is the this is the finale. This is the thing. This is the tenth anniversary movie, and it starts off with Unk just being resurrected, and IG he you know he disappeared somewhere, and there's all the evil villains are back again, those jerks, and also an evil version of Carmen Ryder O's, <gasps> no, who's the original one because like it was of course it was like centuries and centuries ago of course the power that IG uses was like belonged to some evil overlord type guy yeah and he's back and he's just like destroying stuff it's all post-apocalyptic and I I, I, Unk is like what the frick is going on here mates who's this person it's like I'm Jay Leno he comes back to life and just so happens to stumble across the resistance which is made up of people he knows from the TV series so that's good 
um, including the guy whose body he was possessing back then, which he possesses again straight away. Jay Leno. No, Jay Leno's not in it. They killed him. What? Yeah, they made sure. They made sure. Oh, move, did big, he have an emotional send off? Yeah, yeah. He, what happened? Yeah. Did he go to you? Hey, I'm Jay he Leno. He kicked really hard and exploded. Hey, what are you going to do with my car collection? <laughs> not useful in the apocalypse. Doesn't help. Hey, hey, have you heard this thing about the news? Yeah. <laughs> I'm Jay Leno. So, Unc is like, right, we need to sort this guy out because he's a cunt. And IG turns up and Unc's like, this is a bit suspicious. No. Okay, good. Um, IG's like, a bit suspicious, something's sort of going on. Turns out, spoilers. For who? For what? For this. Yeah. Someone has taken control of IG. And I won't go into any more details because the film gets very sad. Okay. If Was you it ignore invested- bug? <sighs> I was going somewhere with it. You didn't go anywhere. <laughs> Why do we both sound like we're going to vomit? Because <laughs> I ate a handful of jelly beans. <laughs> These beans were a bad choice but for anyway, the audio podcast. So they make a pact. They, they're going to help each other to defeat the overlord who's back. Yeah. Even though something's up with IG. Unk's like, I'm going to take advantage of him because as long as he's possessing him, IG's going to heal. Yeah. Because something happened where he got injured. And it's basically like they're going to fight the villain. It's only an hour long. Yeah. But it's just basically a quick run around, getting the old crew back together. All the old cast are there, like every single major cast member. Do they play uh, back in the saddle? No, no, why would they? Why would they? I'm back. I'm back in the saddle again. Classic song. What are you going on about? Aerosmith. For God's sake. <laughs> it's a good fun time. They've some nice action sequence stuff, some like, you know Do they road ro- do they road? Do they ride motorbikes? No, because it's um it's, you don't really get to ride motorbikes nowadays in Japan. What? Because they've got that law against customised bikes, haven't they? To try and stop the um Yakuza. The modders and all you know, the gangs and all yeah, that. The Yakuza. Not the Yakuza. The punk gangs that drive around on modded bikes. <gasps> the ones who go to the moisture farms so and they steal moisture. So they can't do bike stunts as often for Carmen Rider because they have to have a modified bike. Yeah, and also because Bubba bike. Fett went over to That's them. nothing was, to do with it. Oh. What are you going on about? Bubba Fett went over and he went, why are you stealing People are trying to listen to farm. a review of Carmen Sorry. Rider and you're just putting any fart that comes into your head out I mean, there. <laughs> it wasn't a fart. It was a word. The word was Bubba Frick. <laughs> But anyway, they got the whole cast back. Yeah. All of them. Ankh's back. He's, he's a big star, so it's quite cool that he's back. He's a big star. He's a big star in Is Japan. Is he anything that I would he's have seen? He's got pops. He's got albums, and he's one of those just big Alice in Borderland? In no, that's movies. Korea. But, um, yeah, he's, he's you know, getting him back for Carmen Rider. It mostly happens because he's just a big nerd, and he kind of enjoys it. Who even though it? he's, like, Who? way above the pay grade of that show. Um. But no, it's a nice send-off for the whole thing. It's the finale. It's definitely the finale. There's going to be no more. They're done. No more Kamen Rider. Yeah, I'm sure at some point they'll do like... Because they always do. They always have the crossover things and they'll just have Kamen Rider O's there and they won't explain how he's there or anything like that. Like when Shin turns up. But, um, yeah. They're like, look, it's Shin. He's like... But they'll just... They'll do that every now and again. But there won't be... I don't think there'll be any more... Come right at O's base stories. I want Shin to have so, um, subtitles when he turns up. He's just like every moment I live is agony. He's fine. He's fine. Oh, Shin. Doesn't it hurt him to change? Yeah, but he just gets over it. 
He's got a baby. He can, he can control his change, can't he? He's got a baby and stuff. Does he? Yes, you've seen the film. Does he have a kid at the end of that? Yeah, the, the girl's pregnant with his baby. Well, with the Carmen Rider's baby. Yeah. The strongest it. seaman's the one that goes to the top. What are you going on about now? Seaman. Jesus. David Seaman, the, the England football player. So I don't interrupt you when you're trying to do stuff. <laughs> I'm you know? sorry. I'm and so no one sorry. can hear you. You're going to get mixed uh, out with the friggin'. I'm friggin'. so sorry. You I'm keep so mumbling look, stuff. I'll stop it. I'll stop mumbling. And then the Please noise gate will take Please it out. Please continue. Look, let's not start another gate. We've had comic. We've had gamer gate. I only found anyway. a comic gate recently. Anyway, so I've seen a few Carmen Rider fans who are upset about this movie. Yeah. And it's because it's not a film that's built around being some big crowd pleasing, like. Hey everyone, good times nostalgia bait. Because what the film's actually about, if you deconstruct it, is it's about how like stuff that exists in the past you can't just keep going back to again and again. You can't just keep dredging up the old stuff over and over and keep re-experiencing it because it's never going to be the same. Time changes. People get older. Things change. The taste of the times change. And so what you're saying is... Yeah, what are you going to say now? What if I gonna... keep eating these beans, the experience is going to be different every time. No. Just shut up. So that's what it's about. The film, and you know, like with Matrix Resurrections, yeah. if there's one thing fanboys hate, they hate watching a thing that goes, maybe all this nostalgia isn't good. I saw the hottest of now, what are you going to say about now? Matrix what Resolutions. Now, what? You know, Matrix, the, the new Matrix film. Yeah. I you saw the name of. Re- Re- Resolutions? No. Revolutions? No. Resurrection? Yeah, that is close. Okay. Resurrections. It was, it was an R name. Yeah. yeah. Um, Someone went, how dare they take the Matrix and they force in their woke agenda? <laughs> and I was like, oh, let's just quickly check this person's profile. Oh, yeah, they mentioned red pilling in their bio. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's the kind of person we're dealing with here. Well, I don't know if that's the same sort of people who are getting upset about Conroy. See, I was yeah, trying to bring that is. back to the source. It definitely is those same people. But like I say, the main character, he's been possessed by a previous spirit. <laughs> He's been possessed by some sort of spirit, so he's not himself. You've got, like, you know, old characters brought back and they don't get satisfying endings or all that sort of thing. It's because you can't just keep reviving that stuff. It's like with Star Wars. Yeah. Right? Here's a relevant thing. Yeah. Like, with Star Wars, they just keep dredging up things from the past. And because of that, they're constantly constantly making new Star Wars stuff that's trying to fill in gaps of stuff we already know. Yeah. All we're getting is this, like, second-rate blooming cosplay of... Remember Tatooine? Remember remember Boba Fett? We're getting remember Obi-Wan soon. Where's Babu no. Frick? Bring, bring back Babu Frick. Well, the guy who's following Luke Skywalker around on in The New Hope. No, Babu Frick was the tiny little dude with the goggles. Oh, him, yeah. Yeah. He's the guy who's following Luke Skywalker around on Tatooine in The New Hope. Dweezil something. Uncle Ian? Uncle Ben. Uncle, Uncle B- Ben's in the Obi Wan series. Yeah, played by Je- by uh, Joel by, uh, by Joe Egerton. Yeah, Joel Egerton. Yeah, because he did it in the prequels. Yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah, in the one two shots he appears in. Isn't it funny that that's only set nine years before New Hope? Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, they're gonna. This series is gonna explain how Obi Wan got grey hair. Because Uncle Ben wasn't that old in a New Hope. No. So the fact they've got Uncle- seventeen years has passed between a New Hope and the um. Between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope. Yeah. Yeah. Life of Tatooine's harsh. It's, hard, it's a hard knock life. They sing it in, in the show. <laughs> That'd be amazing. The, um, the Annie version. I have. I, I do have questions like, like, how long can we sustain this 
nostalgia feeding machine forever. Like, is that all? Because we'll get to the point where people are nostalgic for the nostalgic thing. Yeah, they won't be nostalgic for the actual thing. They'll be nostalgic. I've asked people to say, what what do kids have now that's really big? Like, what is as big as Pokemon now? Paw Patrol. Like Paw Patrol. Yeah, Paw Patrol. Massive. Yeah, but Ryan's world for four year olds. Ryan's four year olds. Yeah, where's our? Where's the stuff for the older kids? The stuff oh. where they actually make the connections. Beyblade? The stuff that they'll go back to years later. Beyblade? Beyblade's not... Beyblade is so good. No one watches the Beyblade. The no one cares Beyblade about Beyblade was fucking banging. So you're talking about something from 20 years ago. I came into your room the other day and I said, do you remember the theme song from Beyblade? And you went, yeah, of course I do. I remember the whole song. And then you started saying the lyrics. Gonna pick it up speed, gonna show it and throw it down. You know. But what do the kids have now? What, uh, What's their big phenomena? I don't know, because I'm not a kid, dude. No, but do they have one? Like it's Monster Fortnite. High? Fortnite, that's about Maybe it. Maybe Mon- yeah. Monster High. Monster, Monster High. High was Monster like High a- was 20 years ago. What? <laughs> we had those toys at Toys R Us when <laughs> they weren't there. <laughs> What's happening? The the dolls that are all like vampires. <laughs> oh, and no, squid girl. Man, yeah. Don't. The mummy Stop girl it. and all that. Stop it. I was playing Yoshi an hour ago, and now you're breaking down my mortality. Listen, like Steven Universe was popular, but not huge. Adventure was, Time was popular, but not huge. No, Adventure Time was huge. No, Adventure Time, you're, was you're huge misjudging. You're misjudging yeah. hugeness. The thing is, was it Pokemon it, huge? Like it wasn't. Was Pokemon it Thundercats huge. huge or Transformers huge? Or, yeah, it was definitely about the same as those because you've got to remember not Transformers. That, well, no, Transformers was merchandise wise. No, because merchandise for Transformers was the big thing. That was the successful thing. But the cartoon, like. Everybody didn't watch the cartoon. Yeah, like, I had Transformers when I was a kid, but I didn't watch the years, fucking cartoon. What, 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 in 10 years, what stuff are, that's recent for now? I don't know, man. I'm not a kid. We don't even have Toys R Us anymore. I can't even buy the shit it'll that's be, old. It'll be, a new, it'll be Fortnite. There'll be a movie of Fortnite. And it'll be Ready Player One all over again. <sighs> no, that, that already came out. It's called Free Guy. It wasn't Which Ready is Player nominated one. for an Oscar. It wasn't Ready Player it's One. It's nominated for an Oscar. Best visual effects. Despite That's okay. the visual effects not being very, very Actually, good. Actually, it's got some very good visual effects in it. Yeah, some. Mostly, though. It doesn't have to have all of them. No, it? not all of them have to be good. No. Just one white guy has to watch the trailer and go, those are visual effects. And then... The whole um, sequence with the road crushing in, destroying everything when they drive. Oh, it's the... reforming into a thing. That's really good. That yeah. seems exceptional. Was I, I, was I actually thought, it, although the it's sequence... probably one of your best effects shots in recent films. Although the <laughs> effects, the um, the actual scene it's involved in was pretty trite and boring, the shot yeah. of Ryan, Ryan Reynolds' face composited on that dude's body was pretty seamless. That was a really nice. That was little... Ryan Reynolds. He worked out for a few months. Yeah, did you watch the Did you watch the fake interview he did for the promo of that? He was like, "So uh, me and Blake had a child during the filming of this because my diet was mostly protein shakes and uh, and human growth hormones. That baby was born fully adult sized. <laughs> it had size ten feet when it came out the womb, which wasn't great for Blake. <laughs> yeah, he's good at marketing. I think it was special. I don't think it was. It was really his son. <laughs> And so, Kamen Rider Zero, the movie. Kamen Rider O's. Kamen Rider O's. Because there's been multiple zeros, like Mega Man. It's X. not zero. Oh. It's an O's. Oos! It's three O's. Okay. But how, would you recommend people check it out? Yeah, well, I mean, only if you've watched Kamen Rider O's, the series. Do they have to watch all of the series to yeah, understand it's make this? Fuck all sense. Oh, okay. Like, I mean, you're, you're not going to get anything from it if you haven't watched the series and built up the bond with the characters. The series has a parasocial relationship because that's the thing that's the core to that series. A parasocial is relationship. that it's two guys 
who at the start, one of them's just like nice and happy and the other one kind of hates everyone. And by the end of it, the one who hates everyone is kind of maybe tolerates a couple of people. It says to eat rice. What? This isn't here to eat rice to extinguish the burn. It doesn't mm. last that long. Nah. Like, it's chemical. That's kind of the problem. Uh, but no, I, I, I really... I, I, Look, I respect that you are asking a question that I'm sure that at some point in my life I have also asked, and that is... Like, because we've both got, like... Which is, where are my keys? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Broden, are you forgetting something? What? Your pants! Oh, God. Guys, I actually don't know where I left them. Oh, it's okay. You're sick. You're sick. We know you're right, but... You're saying that's hot, though? Is that a little bit... A little bit too spicy for me. A little bit too spicy Because she's got a small penis. <laughs> I bet he tastes good. Oh, fucking massive chode. <laughs> Do you want to go get you some milk? <laughs> ah, this. It is like the blood of the young orangutan. <laughs> Foolish younglings. You do not know what... <laughs> made some... Some salami after my brother died. <laughs> Being a bit sad because my brother died. <laughs> <laughs> Hi there, Broden. <laughs> Commence with pleasantries. How are you doing, mate? <laughs> I'm doing right, bit sad because we're all... yeah, yeah, yeah. Got to keep busy. Okay, pleasantries over. <laughs> all right. Is it my my review now? Shall I review? Yeah, I guess sure. Why not? I, I played Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy on the the uh, the Xbox Series S, and I'll tell you what. Yeah, it's a game, isn't it? So you remember, like, you remember Square Enix made that game, The Avengers, or Marvel's Avengers? And my review, I specifically said, I liked that bit in the beginning, where it was kind of, like, linear, but it was still a fun activity. Linear. Linear. Um, But then, as soon as it opened up, it just became repetitive little, like, multiplayer missions. Yeah. But then when it closed in again, you had little missions that were actually, like, scripted events and story. I enjoyed it again. Like I said to you, I said specifically... I enjoyed the part where you got to play as Iron Man and you're constructing his armour as you go through the house. I liked it when the, um, the game froze up on me after, like, uh, whenever a tutorial that's, appeared that's, for Black that's, Widow. That's a feature. Oh. And so you can take in the spectacular I liked graphics. it when I finished the intro and it said, you can't play any more yet, you have to wait for the rest of the game to download. Yeah, that's a feature. Great. It's so that it staggers your experience because too much and your brain will explode and you'll be too much of a fan. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so um, Guardians of the Galaxy is a whole game of those... Um, those events it looks nice it plays nice the difference being that straight from the start you've got a group of recognisable characters well now recognisable characters who have some great little bits of dialogue and you just go I'm playing a Star-Lord you go through the story you can call your teammates in to do stuff for you during battles but all in all it's just a story game you progress through single player there's not a ton of DLC there's not a ton of like this multiplayer repeated mission shit you basically just get Story-driven reveals of different powers, different abilities. You can upgrade, like, do slight upgrades. But all in all, it is so fucking refreshing to play a game that isn't some massive, stupid open world. It is a pathway. You follow it down. There's a couple of little bits you can go off and get some collectibles. You know, like, little paths. And you go, like, oh, there's some you bits. You get new costumes. You can get new costumes. If you've played Marvel Avengers, you get two costumes from the off. Well, I know. Is it like generic Avenger? No, 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 no. um... So you unlock Groot, the movie version. So it gives them a more similar to the film skin. And you unlock two of Peter's costumes. Interestingly enough, you unlock the Star-Lord, King Star-Lord version. 
Uh. Whereas the blue Guardians of the Galaxy like Ravenger style suit, really cool looking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all in all, I'm really enjoying it. Fucking great. If Square Enix had done this with the Avengers game, that game would have been a fucking massive success. Because well, they people- did originally. Yeah, and then they the chopped it up and turned core it into design a, did make it like that. They chopped it up and turned it into a fucking piece of shit multiplayer thing. But this is so good. And like even even the silly music cues. So there's a few it's not just a third person action game. There's a few moments where you're like you're like doing some puzzle solving and stuff like that like you send people off. And there's like a couple of little like mini games they introduced like at one point Rocket has messed with your visor whilst you're asleep. So he goes Hey, I'll tell you what. Let's compete. Whoever can shoot the most grubs wins. And you have to shoot these nests of grubs. And it literally just has two little 16-bit style avatars. And you're just shooting bugs as you go through the level. But it's just tallying your score. And it's just these nice little... And like you can go around, you can search them. Rocket can win. You can win. It doesn't make a fucking lick of difference. But it's just a nice little side bit and a tangent. And like I said, like there are moments where you get to talk to the other characters. If you're interested in Guardians of the Galaxy, if you like the films, this is perfect for you because you get to talk to the characters and actually interact with them. And there's some touching moments, like Rocket reveals like his history and the fact he wasn't the only survivor of Half World, or at least he wasn't the only person to escape Half World. Spoilers for whenever they actually talk about that in the films, like in the first two levels. Yeah, they never talk about it in the films. Oh, do they not? No, they never mention where Rocket comes from. They just imply that he was experimented on. Oh shit. Yeah, they're going to ruin the film. Oh, they yeah. are talking about doing that for the third film as well, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Shit, sorry guys. I want to know when they're going to explain where his Scottish accent comes from. Whose? Rocket. doesn't have a Scottish accent. He has a Scottish accent in the comics. But it's not the comics. He wears it? a kilt. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. Where's his Scottish accent? I don't know. Raccoons aren't When's he going to get that? Anymore. When's he going to get a Scottish accent? Anyway, so uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, it's Bradley free to Cooper play. doing a Scottish <laughs> It's free to play if you've got Game Pass, because it's on there now, which is fucking incredible. Well, the it's series... £11 a month. Yeah, <laughs> which isn't too bad, um, considering the amount of shit that's on there. I mean, Tunic got added this week, and that's meant to be amazing. Yeah. Um, and also Shredders, which is also meant to be really fucking good. It looks Shredders? Really... Yeah, the snowboarding game. Oh, I was hoping it was something to do with oh, t- 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 the Shredder. No, yeah. Not yet. Shredders Revenge is coming out this year, though, isn't it? Yeah. I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, but yeah, it's like all. I hope, hopefully, they'll include Retro Palooza. You know the little mini game they made. You know they did like a proof of concept game called Retro Palooza that was free, and it was just like the same thing, but it was like tiny sprites, and it was done for PC. Uh-huh. It was really good, really really cool. But um, but I never, I wanted to play it on something that was like you know, not a PC because PCs can have a janky experience regardless of how good your kit is. Uh, but yeah, so uh, Guns of Galaxy, yeah, and all the characters are good. They're not the movie versions of these characters. They are different. They have different backstories, which you learn as you play the game, um, and you hear different They look less like dads doing cosplay than the Avengers did. Yeah, they look a lot less like that. Also, um, interestingly I mean, enough... It helps that only one of them looks like a regular human, like the yeah, other sort of green true. or... I mean, well, Drax just looks like a regular human. Gamora yeah, looks like a regular like human. Like a six-foot-wide human. Yeah. <laughs> But um, but one of the interesting things about Drax is it's in this, in this, it's it's more comic than film based. So Drax does talk about the fact that he killed Thanos because he did in the comics. So that's that's pretty cool. And Gamora fought for both sides during the uh, during the Nova Corps War, or the Nova War as it's called. Um, so yeah, so it's really interesting, and uh, and I just I genuinely enjoyed it. And they find ways to make the the shooting stuff. It it is. It is um, one of those things where if you don't enjoy that sort of gameplay, that sort of third person, you know, shoot, 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 punch, 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 progress to the next sort of arena-based fight. If you don't enjoy that, you're not going to enjoy this. And also, if you don't enjoy, like, 
you know, you found a crack in the wall and you just push forward. Essentially, it's a lot of pushing forward to go through things. You don't have to, like, duck and shit like that. You just navigate it by... Oh, that's when the game's made for the last gen. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Because it was on PS4, wasn't it, as well? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. PS4 and Xbox One. X yeah. Because uh, all those slithering through cracks in the walls is a yeah. core design classic. Yep. It's one of uh, my favourite tricks. It was. Well, used loads in Tomb Raider, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, all in all, really, really fucking solid game. And it's cheap now. It's really cheap. So even if you don't have Game Pass... I think it's like 20, 30 quid on PS5, and it's well worth that. Mm. And some of the licensed songs in there are really decent. The ship flying sections, it's just like the a... Ship flying? Ship flying. The ship flying sections are really, um, really similar to like, um, a bit more like a scripted Star Fox, you know, like just where you're avoiding stuff basically, but you've got like a couple of little shooty bits. It's, it's a bit like that, like maybe one of the, one of the sort of N64 style levels where you sort of down towards the ground you're trying to dodge pillars and stuff how long into it does it tell you that star lord's not gay uh they can never it beat make... the speed run the first film did mm. do aliens have gender yeah i mean they're still organisms no but i know but like genders are constructs aren't they sex is different from gender but Gender in itself is just like... Yeah, but does he have a case of the not gays? I mean, he doesn't say so. And uh, in the comics, I'm pretty sure Star-Lord's bi. She's bi a lot of things. Lingual ain't one of them. Because, uh, well, yeah, Chris Pratt plays him, doesn't he? So, uh, yeah. yeah. Not in the Chris Pratt movies. No, no, not... Well, although he does, he says he has sex with Atraxia, and he doesn't sound like she has genitals. She has, like, claws and teeth and stuff. Oh, uh, So where's he put his dick? And is that even sex to them? She needs a hole. Any holes ago? Mm. Um, that's a weird, weird thing to be. When does he do it in the first film? Five minutes into the first film. What's he say? Yeah, he, he flies away from the planet at the start, and, and there's, there's a the, woman in the back. the girl in the back that he forgot about. Yeah, but that woman. Can't remember that name. Woman, she could have a dick. Nah, we don't know. Nah, you just make sure that she's a sexy lady. Well, yeah, she looks a like a top. sexy lady, but she's an alien. She could have a fucking dick doesn't make a difference in the film it's just so you know that she's a sexy lady on board so he likes sexy ladies we potentially have dicks maybe but to the audience do you find women with dicks we're just to the audience we're just conveying that he had a sexy lady over yeah but I didn't ever think to my like now that you've said that is the first time I've actually thought about that scene as anything other than he sleeps with aliens no it's to let you know he likes ladies I mean maybe yeah because he's going to be hanging out with a lot of dudes for the rest of the film. Do you ever get the feeling that Loki might have fucked Owen Wilson in Loki? Probably. I mean, I, I kept getting that feeling. I wish that happened. Maybe, maybe, Just maybe in one dimension. Oh, sorry, Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, it's oh, not. It's not about. a perfect game. It it seems to be quite short. I'm getting close to the end, and I've not been playing it that long. I think I'm like six, seven hours in. Uh, Thirty hours in, but all in all, it's like it's it's a really solid game. And it's really fun, and it like it makes me sad that the Avengers wasn't more like this. Um, but yeah, all in all, really really good. I hope the guys who made it get to make another one. Uh, I'm gonna give it a Rose McAdams, Rose McGowan. <laughs> nah, I'm gonna give it Rose a, McGowan. I'm gonna give it a Kate Blanchett. Kate, what's she done to hurt you? Nothing. It's a good review. Oh. It's a positive. I really like Kate Blanchett. She's a lovely lady. She was in uh, Hot Fuzz. I want to meet her. Yeah. And say, hi, Kate. Would you like a cheese sandwich? Try one of those ones. 
I don't want to. I just ate one. I don't want to. Doesn't taste good, you know. No, no, I'm gonna. I'm pretty it sure. It tastes like chemical heat. Yeah, I know. Because that's what it is. You're eating Jelly Belly, fucking extremely hot. What is it? Warning. Yeah, it just says warning. It's meant to be. It's meant to be like Carolina Reaper. But that's not what a Carolina Reaper tastes like. No, either. no, they got the A, the A's in the wrong place. The E's in the wrong place. They need. Oh, it's Carolina Reaper. Carolina Reaper. <gasps> no. It's um, spunk and blood. <laughs> that's what the Metallica ones oh, are. That's why I've had these. Yeah, we've got the Metallica candy. jelly beans. There's the load one. That's called the Napstar special, isn't it? Yeah, the load and reload ones. Urine and blood, and spunk <laughs> flavour. Spunk flavored friggin' jelly beans. They also use them in the um, Harry Potter. You know what? Like, well. I wish that I wish that when people made shit like this, they actually tasted the things it's meant to taste like instead of just being like, "How many Scovilles is that thing?" Because stuff like uh, the jalapeno ones, it's so easy to make a sweet but spicy tasting sweet. Like you know, like um, like cowboy candy. Give the- me that jalapeno juice. Flavor. Yeah, give me some mm-hmm. jalapeno juice. Mmm, mm, salties. Salties. <laughs> oh god, they forgot my sauce. Oh, I hate it when they do that. They do that all the time with salties. That episode's amazing. <laughs> well, it took you all day to change the liquid over. No, well, we did sneak off to the cupboard to have a little bit of a kiss. <laughs> no, it's, I'm just talking about the hell episode. Uh, Whereas the guy you like, bang, dude, I told you. You jumped at me once more, I'm gonna hit you. Didn't I tell you? <laughs> All right, you review it. Right, I'm gonna review <laughs> Cube, Cuba, Cube, starring the guy from Carmen Rider Double, the series that came before Carmen Rider O's. <laughs> it's got Philip from Carmen Rider Double, and he's the main guy. The other one works out all the math problem. Yeah. So they've made a remake of Cube. Everyone remember Cube? Remember the first one? You remember how bad the sequels were? Cool. Great up speed. So wait, wait a second. <laughs> the sequels suck. Are you saying Q two hypercube is bad? Q two hypercube is excellent. No, and cube really zero is fantastic. It's both dog shit. You're out of your fucking mind. Are you yeah. outside of your mind right now? Very. The cube, the remake, 2021 Japanese remake, is uh, really good. Cube 2 Hypercube had time dilation. Oh, wow. Well, had quantum really, physics. Really adds, really adds to the and thing. And then... Do they still just go from one box room to the other? They made someone mentally challenged All right. to hide the secret of the cube. That's that's uh, that's controversial. They, it's problematic. Well, look, problematic. It's the future. They've got different science. Yeah. So they can make the people future, mentally challenged in the future. It's not that... It's not that it's cube 2's in the future, and. It's the future of, like, 1997. That could be any time after 1997. Like, 1998. It could be 1990. I doubt yeah. it. They don't talk about any of the Batman films. Yeah. What what Batman film came out in 98? No, none did. What was the last Batman film Batman before and Batman Robin. Begins? When was Batman and Robin? 97. 97. Yeah. They would have been talking about that. Right, anyway, Q. So they've made a Japanese to. remake of Q. <laughs> and it's got a good cast, fun characters, many of which have appeared in real films. One of them's a robot. One of them, you know, the guy who's the um, who uh, he's a bit crazy towards the end of the film. Yeah, uh, he was Miles Edgeworth in the Phoenix Wright movie. Oh, 
Oh, was he? Legend. Oh, there you go. Because the Phoenix Wright movie is pretty friggin' amazing. I was watching that and going, I recognise that guy. Takeshi Miki. No, that's he directed it. Yeah. Yeah, he, he didn't direct yeah. the Cube movie. Um, no, no, I know, I know. I was just saying he directed Phoenix Wright. So if you're unaware of Cube, this plot is a bunch of people wake up inside a cube-shaped room. There's a door on each side. They start trying to make their way through the cube rooms. Some of them have traps, and everyone gets a little bit tense. How do you fuck up telling people about the most amazing plot in the history of cinema? It's great. Well, I, d- I didn't. They wake up in cubes, and they try to work through the cubes. cubes. Look exactly the same. No matter which direction they go, the cubes look exactly the yeah, same. The, same the only marker that leads you anywhere else is there is a numerical. Yeah, marker. you're trying to get into the plot. No, I'm not. I'm just saying. I'm just giving the premise. The premise isn't. The, the, the numbers aren't part of the premise. The numbers are discovered as they go along. That is okay, plot. Okay, okay. Plot v premise. But you've got to say that they, no matter what the plot, you don't is, give away the plot. They're in trapped review. in a cube. Yeah. If they leave the cube, they go into another cube, exactly the same. Yeah, they try to work their way through cube rooms. I said that. No, you said cube rooms. You have yeah. to say they look exactly the same. That's part of the There's mystery. There's different colours. Sometimes. And one of the guys has the power to control the colours as far as we can tell can. in this one. <laughs> Which I thought was, like, fun touch. I wish more films did stuff like that. Yeah. Um, these <laughs> runs, little bit of detail. It, the cube room looks exactly the same as in the original, except... They've put fractal geographic geometric patterns on all the walls, which look like ice, but they're like they're there as a fractal geometry thing. Um, probably, probably a reference to the Fibonacci scale. I'm just using mathematical Fibonacci. things here. Fibonacci, Fibonacci. No, it's Fibonacci. Fab, 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 whatever the one that tool obsessed. Yeah, Fibonacci with. scale. But anyway, um, they sidestep the whole mentally challenged character issue. <laughs> by splitting his duties between two characters. You've got one little kid who's been abused, so he doesn't yeah. like being touched, and he will stay away from others and be quiet. Yeah. And another character's pretty good at maths. The little kid's good at maths as well, but it's like they share their thing, and it's yeah. like you get a bit of bonding between two characters, which is a nice touch. I did like that they have metal buttons. So they, he scratches into the thing. Yeah. Because in the original, they've got plastic buttons. They can't really write with well, stuff. Well, they made it much lower budget. Yeah. Metal buttons are very expensive. Well, the original one as well, they use lipstick, don't they? No, he uses the buttons. Scratch with the buttons. Does he scratch with the buttons? Yeah, the yeah, they don't have lipstick. It's the sequel. It's Cube 2 Hypercube. The woman in the red dress has lipstick that they use. Everyone has one item <sighs> each, don't they, in Cube 2? Yeah, because that guy's a knife. Yeah. He has a little knife. Bit of tension. Yeah. But um, no, I think they did a really good job remaking this. And then I he sees yeah. his older self and he's like, oh, fuck, I'm trapped. Yeah. Cube 2 Hypercube. Amazing. Shit. So this one's a really good remake. Yeah, yeah I they've done it. a really good job. A little bit of unreality chucked in every now and again just to rest over Miles Edgeworth when he goes a bit crazy and the room starts turning red. And he decides to stay behind. Yeah, well, he's... No, no, that's a different character. Is it a different character? Miles Edgeworth's the one who run... Freaking... Jeez. Oh, You've got to remember, if you're referring to someone from Phoenix Wright, a film I haven't seen... You've never seen the Phoenix Wright no, film? not seen it, no. Jesus Christ, the Phoenix Wright it, film's amazing. How have you not seen any of the films that I've seen in the last few months? Have you seen the Phoenix Wright film? The Phoenix Wright film is comedy theatre perfection. <laughs> it's fantastic. I started playing the Phoenix Wright game on Switch. Objection. <laughs> Sustained. <laughs> but anyway, they've done a good job with Cube. I liked it. There's the character that me and Paul, when we were watching it, we were just like, she has said Fuck all, and contributed absolutely nothing, and her sole purpose is to be a plot the plot twist at the end. Um, but you'll see, you'll see, you'll see. She's got a thing. I, I She's got like a thing going on. That this film, unlike the other, because the other cube, not to spoil the original cube, 
but the time limit which they... is 23 years old really probably older actually to be honest I've forgotten Jesus. might be 25 years old this year so the original Cube the ending again not to spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it but see, see Cube if you get the chance but the ending sort of has a time limit because there is there is like a scrubbing mode they basically just like scrub all the evidence of someone being there so the next group can be dropped in not in the first Cube yeah, in the first cube, no. they've got the 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 base. It, it drills down, and then there's a gas, and the gas burns. No, people. not in the first one. <laughs> Jesus, most of my ideas from cube. The first from- one, the only time limit thing comes that they know roughly when the cube that's moving around Shifts the outside. To the outside, yeah. Is, well, there's one cube that's always moving around the outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they know when it's going to be in a certain location where they can get out where the exit yeah. is. The time limit comes in that they've got that much time, and then there's that one guy who's a crazy and he's stalking them through the cube, chasing after them. No, because they kill him at the end, and the British guy is left sitting there. Bill Canadian. He's British. There's no British there guy. There is a British guy. No, there isn't. There is there's a, a French guy. There's a British guy in the first There's cube. a French Canadian. Look, both of us are confused by cube right now yeah. at this point. But anyway, yeah, I agree. The new cube, the remake, is actually really good. It's really fun. Um,. It's stupid how well the concept still holds up. Yeah, this is a good concept. When are we going to get an eight-part TV series? Are we? Yeah, when, when's that going to happen? An <laughs> eight-part series where everyone just stays in the cube for eight weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we get flashbacks to their life outside the cube. But then plot twist, it turns out those flashbacks are actually for their life after the cube. Yeah, David, David Hewitt, he was born in Red Hill. Yeah, but he's not British in the film. He's Canadian. They're all Canadians. Is he playing a Canadian? Yeah. Right now? Oh, okay. But yeah, no, he's... Uh... Red Hill's not a real place anyway. It's in Surrey. It's around the fucking corner. Is it? Is it just around yeah. the corner? Am I going to throw a stone and it's going to hit Red Hill? If you aim for Red Hill, am I? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I really enjoyed it. And like like I said, like the ending of the original, it was like definitive, like everyone died, including the main guy. He did get stabbed, which is... Because in this one, they don't do that, do they? They don't take the handle off and stab people. I can't remember. No. No, but in the original, that's kind of what they do. They use it as a weapon because they find out they can unscrew the handle and stab people. Well, one it. breaks off. One breaks off. That's it. But he's um, not the main guy. He's a bad. He's a bad yeah. The bad guy, guy stabs the English guy that I was talking about in the original right. cube, and then he puts the kid or the woman through the through the hole, and then she escapes. No, special needs lad goes out. There's no little kid in the first. The off. special needs lad goes out. Yeah, that's it. And he gets free. When he's like, this room is green. Yeah, but the guy, the guy who dies after he gets stabbed. He just sort of lies in the room and he's like, and it just goes, doo, 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 and it shifts again. But in the new one, there may not be a defensive end. You may just get to go on playing the cue because a certain mm-hmm. character survives. We see a character survives. Yeah, well, that's because you can't kill him off. Do you think he's going to come back for the sequel? It depends how much money they need to pay him. Is he the is the person I'm talking about? Is he quite famous? Yeah, he's very yeah. Is he the most famous? He's the, he's never reappeared in Carmen Rider. He's he's famous enough to never do a re- new appearance. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so yeah, Phillips, 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 uh, like you know, idol, yeah, level. Oh, so he's famous. Yeah. Well, they might put the money in if this does well enough because I mean, this apparently did all right. Yeah. Um, and it's you know cheap to make. Yeah, they yeah, are they are expensive. Yeah. Yeah. And if you come up with a way to advance a concept... And Such could, as uh, time dilation. Yeah, time dilation. Yeah. dilation. Yeah. And also distortion. Time distortion happened in yeah. that one. And also you've got to remember that in that one, you could the cube, you could close the door and open it again and see yourself. Oh. Or you could close it and open it, and as you go through, it changes gravity. Oh. And which way gravity is going. 
Fucking Cube 2 banging, mate. It's a great film. Two thumbs up. Uh. All right, well, we're going to go from one foreign film to another foreign film with a very similar concept. I saw... Are you ready? Yeah, sure. I saw Tatain, the French film, the follow-up to Raw. Have you watched Raw yet? Let me get the direction. Tatain's the film where the girl shags a car. Look, right... Don't you start trying to put your misogynistic eyes onto a piece of art. It's a lot more complicated than that. Uh, Julia de Cornell. De Cornell? De Cornell? Du Cornell? You're not sure. You're just mumbling now. I can't I can't say her name. You try saying it. It's, the director's name is right there. What? Julia de Cornell. That's Julia de Cornell. Oh, okay. I got it right the first time. Anyway, to tell you, the story of a little girl. She's in a car accident with her father. She's messing about in the car. She seems to have some sort of attention disorder because her dad's like, just behave. And he turns away for a second and then suddenly they're in an accident and the little girl has to have steel plates put into her head, which leaves her with a spiralling scar near her ear. And the trauma gives her this attraction to to not only metal, but flesh. A bit like Crash, mm, the flesh. David Cronenberg film. Yeah. Oh, not the Sandra Bullock one. No, not the Sandra Bullock oh. one. Uh, with Alan Tudyk. Great film, yeah, great film. Uh, but anyway, so uh, so yeah, he uh, she sorry she um, has this twisted relationship with sex and and cars and everything. Like it is all in her head, the same thing. She can have a sexual relationship with a human or a car or a fire truck. At one point, she has this she has this urge and this this uh, relationship with those things that meld together in her head. So much so that she often doesn't understand her own, or doesn't seem to understand her own reaction to people, to sex, to certain certain things, right? So she, um, she kills a bunch of people and then goes on the run and she goes on the run and disguises herself as a missing boy pretending to be the son of a firehouse director but finds that in her in her process in her in her because she shaves her head breaks her nose disguises herself she gets involved in this this group uh, but in doing so she is forced to strap down her boobs but she realizes that she is leaking motor oil more and more profusely because she is with car child <gasps> from the sex with the car because oh. she didn't use protection, oh. like airbags or seatbelts. Oh. Although she does use seatbelts, it's quite a sexy scene. Anyway, so she is now pretending to be this fireman's son that's gone missing, Andre, uh, Andre, anyway, never mind. Um, and he himself is struggling with the idea of masculinity, with the idea of flesh aging, becoming old. Um, it seems like... He is holding on to his youth, attempting to hold on to his strength, onto his masculinity through injecting himself with steroids and then pushing his body. But at one point he says he believes that he is developing some sort of immunity to the effects of the steroids. So they're no longer working as well as they should. Um, and then from there, chaos ensues. As you can imagine. So talking about the car thing. Yeah, today. Um It's fucking great, Anne. It's really weird at times you question you question characters decisions you question what's happening in the story but the whole time you are fucking glued to seeing what is going to happen next 
It is so incredibly interesting, but also so dark. At times it's funny. There's a scene where um, she's she's essentially ingrained herself in the fireman. She's going out. She's being trained to be a junior fireman with these people because she's obviously her father is the fire chief or at least the boy's father she's pretending to be is the fire chief. And there's like like this weird psychosexual masculinity driven dance that they do in the firehouse like to blow off steam after a big like a big uh, rescue or something they're all just fucking going around like moshing essentially under pink and blue and purple flashing lights to like fucking trap music just like dancing and some of them are topless they're all fucking sweaty and rubbing against each other and it's like this sort of like almost like animalistic fucking dance party they have and at one point she's in there moshing pushing people being part of that she's physicality she's got to be careful she's got a baby I think she wants to lose it like she tries to jam a knick needle up there at one oh point. that won't do it for a car no, need, no. need a long knick needle um, no the car will <laughs> do honk it's yeah. got airbags it's sound a bit more powerful <laughs> fucking classic uh, car baby situation <laughs> but it it's like I said, it's so visually captivating. And the plot is interesting. And fucking hell, that guy who plays the fire chief is phenomenal. She's great. Like, the person who plays Tatane is fucking amazing. But you often feel like um, she feels more like a force rather than an actual person because she doesn't really give away any emotion. She doesn't really... Um, she doesn't really present us with any information about it. It's all coded in movements, in, in ideas. I mean, how much information does she need to give us when she's having a car baby? That's true. That's Early. true. Like, but, like, you do ask questions. Like, that happens in the first few scenes. Like, you see her walking through a crowd, and people are, like, almost like an idol in Japan. People are, like, fascinated by her. And she does this, like, weird burlesque car show that all these people go to. And, like, it's just one of those things that, like, it's 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 just so odd. Like, the mixture of things on hand here and the way that they work, and it's all body horror. Like I'm saying, like, the stomach expanding, more and more oil coming out of her, like, it is body horror. And, like, the fucking the twisted scar on her head and stuff. It, it's all linked to body horror. And it feels so much like, like Crash in that sense, but in, it's got that... that, um, that paranormal, that, like, that mystical, weird connection that Crash didn't have. Crash was always just about fetishes. Just doing what Christine was always scared to do. <laughs> and and this is so much more and, and the fact that you've got those emotional beats in there, like you've got that fire chief. Christine? Is, it was Christine yeah, with, it was the, guys with the, car. the car. Yeah. Um Artie is in love with his car. It's the Stephen yeah. King book. Um but it's just it's it's so What's fucking the other one? Um What's the one Steven Spielberg did. Oh Duel. Duel, that's the one with the car. Um but it's so it's so deeply ingrained in like the story and the plying and these characters. And like I said, like you'll go from one scene where she is she is fucking a car to the next where she's she is she um, is seducing a coworker, a female coworker at this like car burlesque thing. And they are they are getting hot and heavy. They they're getting closer and closer to to having a sexual experience with each other. And she becomes obsessed with this girl's pierced nipples. And like is like sucking on them at first, then that goes to biting, and then you can see her pulling them, almost like trying to rip them out of her nipples, and like the girl get the, the fuck baby. off of me. 
And you know, she's just, she's obsessed with the idea of metal and flesh. That, that fetishism is there. Um, and then, yeah, and then she violently. Yeah, but you need to eat a lot of metal for the baby. <laughs> she, she's not Elizabeth Banks in Power Rangers. And then she goes on to violently kill all these people. And it's just like. Does she get, does she need, does she get the gasoline the baby needs? No, she doesn't get any gasoline. Um, there is a fucking hilarious scene, like right after that sex scene. Uh, well, that su- that semi sex scene, I guess. I don't know what's was called. it a semi? Yeah, um, was for me. Um, until the you see the nipple being dragged with a metal tour. Uh, but oh. there is she goes upstairs. She starts killing all the people in the house, and it turns out they're having like a weird orgy party. And she goes upstairs. This this massive like sounds six, like having a blood orgy now. This <laughs> like six foot four black dude comes out, and he's like, he's like, is that a cue for the toilet? <laughs> and she's like, she's like. How many of you people are there? <laughs> it's just that, like, oh, I guess I've got to kill someone else. <laughs> and it's like, once she does get to the firehouse, as I was saying, there's like this weird sexual atmosphere, this masculinity that's fucking completely, like, fucking, I'm sure, appropriate in that sort of situation. If you've got a bunch of men doing shit like that and they don't have a way to blow off steam, they're going to do weird shit. I mean, that's how Jackass was born. That's why we get fucking. Like the weird shit, like you're saying the firefighters don't have a way to blow off steam. <laughs> got it don't in you one. think you got it in one ad? I mean, they get to put out fires. That's pretty. It's not as funny if you have to explain the joke. It's pretty exciting though, putting out fires. But no, so so they're having this like fucking big old manly dance off, and they they drag Alexia to the front of the thing, and they they push her up on the on the on the fire truck. Because they're like, dance, dance, Andre, dance, dance. And he, and like, she doesn't, she's like, suddenly, she's in a situation where like, the masculinity and everything else, her initial response isn't to just go like, and continue dancing like she did down when she was part of that group. She's separated now, she's elevated, and she's in a situation that only reminds her of one thing, and she starts doing the burlesque routine. Mm. Not stripping or anything, just fully clothed, fully disguised as a man, starts doing this seductive, like, moving her hips and touching her hair that she's now shaved off. And, like, you just, you see this person just, she doesn't know how to to be human, essentially. She's rejecting every concept. And as soon as you take her out of that situation that she knows I can be like these people, as soon as you take her away from that, as soon as she's not connected or touching that, she suddenly starts reverting back to this person who who is a serial killer like and it's so weird to see it and it's so so as I said it's just you can't fucking turn away as soon as it starts to the moment it ends you can't turn away and there are multiple reasons like I said that fire chief his performance is fucking amazing and this like there is a reason this one like the Palme d'Or at Cannes like this this is like people loved this but it didn't even get an Oscar nod and that's kind of why I wanted to talk about the Oscars initially because there are other films I'm going to talk about this week that like similarly came out in a similar it's sort of time period. Going to because like it's a horror film. A guy, f- woman fucks a car. No, it's a horror film. It's mm. a horror film, and they never like Get Out got got a nomination because of the the times when that when that came out when that was part of the conversation because it, that was such a key moment socially, and like they had to do something, and that's felt so much like a decision by committee. It's like what can we give a black director? So that people say the Oscars aren't just a bunch of white old people that don't actually watch the fucking films. Oh, let's give him best script because people won't get upset. And then Parasite comes out and they're like, oh, a lot of people seem to like this Parasite film. It's getting all the best reviews. Let's watch it. Oh, I don't really understand it, but let's give Parasite best picture. 
Like it feels like they are pushing to give Oscars to 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 groups that deserve them. Well, the Oscar so white thing was like you know. Yeah, that was that was trending at the time. Kind of, like, uh, it's true. Made them look bad. And also, why is it that you get people that aren't interested in film to judge Oscars? Why do people have to put on a presentation to say this is the film I think should be best film? It's like you should be like, you get a group I mean, of people that review films and you let them pick what the best film is. You don't get a room full of fucking old white cunts who can't watch something like Detain and go, oh, I don't really associate with a girl who's having a period or fucks a car. I can't really get my mind around that, you know? I'm so removed from these... Yeah, of course you're fucking removed. It's a fantasy. Anyway, Detain, I'm going to give it a Tom Atkins. Real good, man. I recommend you would really like it. Because I feel like... I feel like that this is the kind of cinema that... French New Wave was always moving towards weirder and weirder shit. Like, we had, like, what was it, High Tension, like, 20 years ago now? Hort, 10 years ago? Hort Tension. High Tension. Hort Tension. Hort Tension. And then we had Martyrs and... That That's was not all... New Wave Cinema. No, no, it was, like, French New Horror. New... That was all around the same period. And then, like, now, you've got that mixture of, like, this cool, underground-feeling horror film that has both everything and nothing to say. And that's kind of fucking awesome. Like, Raw was very much a similar sort of thing, where it was like, it was a coming-of-age story that just so happened to be linked to someone who had cannibalistic instincts linked to their family tree, their familiar tree, and as soon as they tasted meat, they suddenly started transforming into this this other thing. And it wasn't even like a physical transformation, just their minds started getting wired to suddenly crave human flesh, and that was just fucking spectacular. Um, so yeah, detain. Just I highly recommend people check it out. It's hard to watch, but you just have to keep watching it. Like the sex scene with the car goes on longer than it should, but that's kind of the point, you know. It's like it's straight away challenging you to keep watching, challenging you to see this pivotal moment. And then as things happen, you're not meant to question when the event happened because you're like, that's when it happened. I've seen she's fucking leaking motor oil now. Of course that's when it fucking but, happened. Wouldn't that be what the car puts in her? No. What would the car... I don't know what the car comes out. Brake fluid? Brake fluid? Brake fluid. Because be... it's it's pull-out game, man. It's yeah. got to stop. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and your review. I like pee. No, personally, though, I just think it's a bit nonsense that a car could get someone pregnant. It's not, it's not believable. It's not believable. Have I got a pause? So you yeah, can I'm pee? pee? I'm going to go pee. Oh, my God. I'm thinking too much about car sex. I'm getting horny. I need to sex pee. Okay, so that's a seamless transition into your next review and what you review. Review number what? three. A review? Yep. Is that what we're doing? Yep. Oh, okay. Um, I've been playing Grant Arismo 7. Who's Grant? Gran Turismo. Didn't he die? Yeah. In uh, EastEnders? Yeah. Your AIDS? Probably. Didn't Grant have AIDS? I don't know, man. Maybe. Okay. But anyway. Grant Mitchell. Gran Turismo 7 is a racing game that I'm playing on the PlayStation 4 because I don't have a PS5. Yeah. Um, They're not going to reduce the price, are they? They figured out now they can keep the price really high as long as they never release any to the shops. Don't know. Anyway. So, it's more Gran Turismo. It tastes like AIDS. Gran Turismo's been a bit ropey, I think, since the early PS2 era. Yeah, I've hated Gran Turismo for quite a few years. Yeah, but this one is some pretty good Gran Turismo. Yeah? Yeah, Once you, when you eventually get to it and it lets you play it, it's some pretty good Gran Turismo. Um, 
because they've they've taken the focus off of you just unguidedly finding your way through tournament after tournament like the original games had. The original games sort of like would open up tournaments as you went along, but there was a lot of having to keep replaying things to earn a car so you could do the tournament that would come up later. But this, they've got this new system. There's a cafe you go to. And yeah, there's yeah, a menu. About this, yeah. And the menu is like, here's free cars I want you to collect. But like, but like, you can get the cars from certain races. It will tell you what races to do to win the cars. Yeah. And, you know, you do that, you complete the menu. And that gives you a little guide through the game to unlock stuff and build up cars and stuff. I mean, I'm sure eventually you'll get to the point where it's like, oh, this, you're going to need some very specific thing. So you're going to have to do other stuff until you can get to that specific thing. But for now, it's just, as I've been playing it, it's just like, you know, do the menus, do the races, get cars, make money. Um, a lot of people have been complaining about, like, the the money on it. They say that the race winnings have been reduced, but um, I can't notice much of a difference because I seem to be always getting more money every race. Mm. And all you really need to do is, like, do a clean race and you get double the money. And it's not too hard to do a clean race on Gran Turismo. It's just don't go off the course and don't smack into the other cars too often. Yeah. Pretty easy. Um, but yeah, the, it's you know fine. I'm sure, like, you know, it'll take ages to get the really expensive cars, but I think it's supposed to. You're not supposed to be buying the McLaren F1 in the first few hours of playing the game. It's That's the sort of thing you do when you right. obsessively played 200 hours of it or whatever. All right, yeah. Look, just because I like Forza... But um, no, nah, it's it's just more Gran Turismo. Nice mm. races. They've redone a whole bunch of the old tracks and all that. And you know, there's a lot of lot, lot of guff in there, like there always is in these. Can you not fiddle around with a crinkly? I'm going to stop eating them. If I leave them open, I'm going to keep eating them. I'm like a fucking idiot. There's a lot. There's a lot of guff in the game, like there usually is. There's yeah. a lot of you know. Here's your license test. Do your license test so you can access this thing, and then can I ask questions about this? I don't know. Can you? Um, is so, it actually going to be on top? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I I listened to a couple of reviews about this because I was on the fence about buying this actually when it was when it was coming out to release. Um, and then like I waited until afterwards and I listened to a couple of reviews and I just I don't know if it's true. These are things that I've heard. Is it true that they have like a live market for cars, like a used lot where you go and buy stuff? The used lot changes all the time. Yeah, but um, like it's just a bunch of cars. Yeah, I've heard that you can't sell your doubles via that same market. I don't know. I haven't oh, had to sell okay. anything. I haven't had any doubles. Like, like if you buy a car from the used market, say, and then you get an, you get that same car from a race, I don't think you can sell the second one. You can only, you can just you have to keep them. Or you can delete them. You're meant to have cars of different specs and stuff though. Yeah, I know. But it just it seems like a weird choice. No, if they've no. got a live marketplace you'd expect to be able to sell cars. It's not a live marketplace. It's not like an auction house thing. Oh no! The, but what I mean is, like by live marketplace, they've actually hired economists to sort of manage that aspect of it. So one of the it's things not that in depth. It's just a page with some second-hand cars. I know, no, but like it's not in, that in depth when you see it. But like the background of it, they have actual people like calculating costs and stuff and changing prices. That it's really interesting. No, no, they've like I watched a video on how they how they manage it and stuff. It's really cool. Yeah, it sounds like promotional guff. Oh. It's just a page where you see a bunch of cars that are a bit yeah. cheaper than if you buy them new. Okay. And if you buy them second hand, I think you have to sometimes you might have to do some maintenance on them first, change the oil or whatever. But I don't know. They they always say the only thing I can tell the difference is between a second hand car and a new car in the game is the second hand car. Say it's driven twelve thousand miles. Yeah. Um, Does that affect performance? But you win anyway? so many cars. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Like freaking. Yeah. The only second hand car I've brought so far is the one that makes you buy at the start when it's like choose your Pokemon, choose which car you want to start with. Oh. Like that's the only time I've brought a car. Yeah. I've been winning them and just. Doing the races, 
and win them and following those menus and unlocking more cars. Yeah. Um, it's a bit of a pain you have to like install a second disc which reserves 114 gigabytes of hard drive space. Oh, fucking hell. Um, so the disc installs there. Then you put the first disc in, the play disc, and it starts installing stuff from that. But it lets you play this music rally mode, which is like a little side mode. That's the only mode that's offline. You, um, you have to be online for every other mode. You can play the other modes, but you don't, I don't think you get rewards or something. I don't think it. you can play them at all. No, the world, I'm pretty sure the World Tour mode is the only thing that's available if you're offline. Yeah, that's it. That's the one yeah. which is like the music tour. No, World, world Tour is just the normal oh, okay. choose a race and play it okay. thing. That's what you spend most of your time doing anyway. Yeah. Music rallies like a thing where it, it happens while it's installing. You have three races and there's music. That there's a, like a countdown, like the clock you get in an arcade game. Yeah. And it counts down in time to the beats per minute of the oh, song. Cool. And you have to just keep that up and finish the whole song. Yeah. And that's that's it. But I did all those and still had to wait like another 15 minutes for it to install. Jesus. Um, and then there's the whole thing where if like the internet goes down or they they take it down for maintenance or something, it's... Hasn't it been offline for like a day? It was offline for a whole day, yeah. Ugh. And then they just bumped up the prices of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um Apparently they had to fix a bug where... Because um, Cardinal Smith, my bud, was saying he was struggling with some of the rally license tests. Yeah. And it turns out part of the reason was because they had all the cars that were meant to be rally cars set to road wheels instead of dirt wheels when they're supposed to be on dirt wheels. So they've had to fix that. Every single rally race in the game had the cars set to dirt wheels. So strange. Had the the cars set to road wheels instead of dirt wheels. It's fucking so Um, weird. But no, it's it's definitely like opened up fairly early though. Like it's you get a car collector level. Every time you collect a car, you get a certain amount of points, and that boosts up your car collector level. And it's not long before you've unlocked all the different layers of car customization you can do, mm. um, like the car parts that you can buy. Um, you still got the car tuning. You still got the GT Auto Shop, which is the one we go to when you want to put do your Forza style liveries and change the colours of the car and all that sort of stuff and. Put your cosmetics. Cosmetic stuff doesn't seem to affect performance anymore. Um, I know it's been a long time since I played Gran Turismo, but it used to be that you could um, adjust the... You know you have like your PP rating, which is yeah. the rating of the cars and all that? Um, they have stuff in the game now which will let you adjust that so you can add ballast to your car to weigh it down if you want to slow it down slightly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember in the old one, if you wanted to do really small amounts of changes, you could like put heavier rims on your car to slow it down slightly or put lighter rims on the car to speed it up. But they don't seem to affect it in this one. Um, and neither does changing the spoiler and stuff, which I would have thought would have affected downforce and all that. But um, as far as I can tell, none of those things affect the stats of your car, all the cosmetic stuff. So I don't know about that. I'm not sure. I'm, I'm surely the spoiler must affect downforce because that was a major key to the old Gran Turismo's. Like it was always, you know, if your car's, you know, losing grip quite quickly, you want to increase the downforce on it to keep it planted on the ground so it doesn't tumble over and stuff. Um, but yeah, I'll have to look into that more. But I'm, I went, I've only just started looking through like cosmetic stuff for the car and I can't see anything that's affecting it. Yeah, because I think Gran Turismo Sport was the last one I played. I didn't play that one. I had Gran Turismo, one of the PS3 ones. The prologue. Um, there was four. No, I've got the full game. Stole it from HMV. Oh, really? Um no, they when we were shutting HMV, they were just found the disc lying around out the back as we were closing up the shop, and they were like, oh, you can just take it. I was like, okay. I think it's Gran Turismo 5 I've got, or 6. But um, I remember Gran Turismo 3 still had it. I remember the PS, PS3 ones weren't great, though. They had, like, weird issues where it was like um, they wanted to pad out the amount of cars that were in the game, 
So they had all the car, car models from the PS2 game in there. I remember that. Yeah, and it was like, so you got this lower poly, lower detail version of the cars mm. to race around in. Um, this game's got 400 cars rather than 1,000. Because they, they aimed for a thousand in Gran Turismo f- um, Five, didn't they? Yeah. The original ones only got like, what was it like two hundred cars? Which seems quaint now, but that was plenty back Toker then. Toker already had like thirty-two on the first game. Yeah, but Toker's a different sort of racing game. It's really good racing. They, Toker's game. Toker's a different sort of racing game. It's Toker not a car collecting so game. So good though. But um, no, they they've sort of like they keep going for the like a shit ton of cars, like a ridiculous amount of cars. But really, you don't need no. That many. It's nice to have hit all your bases and everything well, and have a bunch of cars to collect, but... Like, Dirt only has, like, what, 100? Yeah, but Dirt's a different sort of racing game. No, but you know what I mean? Like, it's... The nearest it's, comparison is the Forza games. But they're not, though. Forza Horizon's nothing like... like For, not Forza, Forza Motorsport. Horizon. Motorsport. Yeah, oh, right. God, so Horizon's not... When was the last Motorsport game? It was only a few years ago. Forza Motorsport 7. There's been three of them on Xbox One. Wow. Yeah. Jesus. 5, 6, and 7 all came on Xbox One. 5 was a launch title, wasn't it? But, um, yeah, what are you doing? Ninja. Stop Shadow touching Ninja. Ninja Shadow. What are you, you're going to knock my stuff over. I'm not, I promise. You're going to break Spice World. No, I'm not. You knocked over everything. Oh, my God. But anyway. Someone paid £40 for this. I didn't. You got it for free, didn't you? Yeah. But Gran Turismo, anyway, Gran Turismo 7. It's good Gran Turismo. It's got, I know, it's got by core design. Well done. The same people that make Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, well done. Ah. Is this going to be really bad? I, don't know, I think it's fine. It's not bad at all. Uh, Gran Turismo 7 is decent enough. Can't believe it's it's, it's the only Gran Turismo game I've stuck with for more than a couple of hours since the um, since Gran Turismo 3, probably. I never even played 4. Four's the one that on PS2 has 1080i mode, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, really it's randomly. Really seven games. One of the handful. Isn't it does. Little Britain as well? No, Jackass game does. Jackass, yeah. Um, but no, it's it's decent enough. I can, I can see the appeal. Um, I do think the used car thing only has like 20-odd cars in there at a time. Yeah. And there's a, there's a new cars section, which is the really flashy, like that's the one where it's like, oh, Honda and here's our sports cars and stuff. Mm. But um, I'm more interested in the road cars and stuff. I, I want the, like... I mean, I, I want a Honda Truno, and I haven't seen one come up in the shop yet. And I want a Honda Truno. I'm sure I'll win one eventually. But I can't do my initial D drifting around all the corners if I'm not in a Honda Truno, can exactly. I? Exactly. No, you can't. You no. Need one. Um, I will, it gave me a car that looks like one, but it's not. I will eventually get Gran Turismo. It's just... I, just one of those things, isn't it? It's like, I think that you need to be... To have a lot of spare time. Yeah, that's the other thing. Because <laughs> they're always time-consuming frigging games. Yep. Um, but yeah, like I'm, I am interested, though. Um, okay. Is it my review now, or are you still... Yeah, I guess it's your... your f- you okay we go next? All right. Um, so my third review is a nice little surprise. So yeah. uh, I mentioned Oscar-winning movies... I saw a movie that definitely shouldn't win an Oscar. Can you guess what that film is? Dare say malignant, I will fuck you up. It's the new Sebastian Stan starring murder mystery... Well, not really a murder mystery. Kidnap drama, Fresh. Have you heard about this film? Um, I've heard of it. I don't know. I don't give a shit, but whatever. What have you heard about it? It's a film that's out. Sebastian Stan plays a charming man named Steve 
who falls in love with a girl named Noah after a whirlwind romance where after meeting in a sh- in a uh, let's let's just fucking start from the beginning Matt what are you doing stop trying to flounce this up with words and dialogue let's get to the point the social issues the horror the commentary the need for this so Noah is a girl who is trying to find love oh, she is using dating apps but she 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 just seems to be getting these dickheads one date in particular that we see the man criticises modern women for not dressing as nicely as women used to. Of course, he doesn't say this while wearing the proud boy regalia you'd expect from such a comment. No, he's wearing a big shitty scarf that he accidentally dips into his noodles Aww. and then tries to wash his noodle and wash his noodly scarf before proclaiming to the lady that he is seeing, Noah, on this date, can I take your food? My housemate is starving. And if you don't want it, and then she goes, oh, I was actually, and then he's already got the plate. He's already shoveling into a polystyrene container to take it home. He is a selfish, ignorant, horrible human being, and she deserves better. No. Enter Steve. Now they meet in a supermarket. They have a little bit of a flirtatious glance, and they have a little bit of a chat, and then he gets her number, and then they get to fuck it um, after their first date. And Steve just seems like the perfect bang-up fella. And he says to her, hey, I want to take you away. Let's go away for a couple of days. I love you. And they uh, they go to his cabin. At which point he drugs her, chains her up. Yeah. And then when she tries to escape, he cuts off her buttocks and then stores them to feed to his cannibal cabal that he runs. And he has been doing this for quite some time. And it turns out he eats people sells people flesh to people, cooks flesh for people, and she is his next victim. I mean, that's just the dangers of modern dating. (laughs) But that isn't the dangers of modern dating. They met in a traditional way. Yeah, when it's dating, that's what happens nowadays when you go on dates. I think when people say... You've got to expect a little bit of cannibalism. When people say the phrase that you say... They usually mean online dating. Oh, no, no, that's just, that's just normal dating. That's it's just, just normal dating, right. That's okay. how it's done. Modern dating, I mean, in modern society, because we live in a society. We do live in a society. And obviously, the Sebastian Stanfell is going to become the Joker. I saw someone, not ironically, on Twitter, defend Jared Leto's Joker as the best Joker ever to grace oh, our loads screens. Oh, people do, just because he was in Zack Snyder's Justice League. Apparently, they think the line about his reach around and Batman was spectacular. Oh, God. And the height of dialogue. Yeah, that came up on my. Um, Did you see it as well? No, on my uh, no um, on my Facebook memories. Really? Where I commented about that fucking terrible scene. You mean that terrible movie? Absolutely awful. So anyway, fresh. Awful. So fresh is a bad movie. Yeah. If you can't tell it, 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 I think it aims to to do what Dust Till Dawn did, where it starts. Like, slightly cute, slightly like what Dust Till Dawn did, but it tries to flip the genre early on in the film and turn it into something it isn't. Not even really insinuate that there is any aspect of that in this reality. It tries to just quickly do that to you. Surprising, it's a twist. It's a twist. Um, but it, it, it's, uh, it's a bad movie, but I really found it quite fun to watch. It was the kind of bad where I was well, then like. It's not bad. No, 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 no. It is bad. It's badly written. The acting's not great. For the most part, they, they don't have, like, they clearly have quite a decent budget because it's shot really nicely. It's, the setting's really nice. But they... Uh, they were shot on iPhone. <laughs> but they they shy away from like any of the gory shit. Like, 
Like, he, he cuts her ass off, and the only thing we see of it is he's just dumping, like, a big glob of random guts into her thing. And I'm like, oh, I mean, okay. And then, like, every scene she's in after that, she just looks like she's got a butt still. Yeah. And she's, like, not bleeding or anything. She doesn't seem to be in any pain. Well, she's just, like, having a bit where she sits down and she goes, oh. Like, I'd expect something. Like, yeah. she gets up and walks around, like, days after it happens. And I was like... Well, that would hurt. That would be sore. That would not happen. You would be crippled, essentially. Because that's muscle, right? Yeah. Maybe he's just trimming off so he knows what cuts to make. Maybe. Maybe he does. He yeah. is a doctor. I mean, you just um, want to take the... Um... But Gluteus Maximus. What I will say is that they hint at interesting things during it. Like, at one point you see that he is married, he has a wife, and his wife happens to be an amputee. Whether or not that was a willing amputee, or if she was one of his victims that fell in love with him, because he does appear to sort of treat this like dating. Does his wife love her buttocks? I couldn't tell. Because, uh. you know, like you can't really tell that Noah doesn't have her buttocks. What does she... Did she have a lot of cake to begin with? You don't really see pre and post cake. Ah. Uh, like, you see she has buttocks. I mean, because to be honest, if you're going to be feeding a family... It doesn't... He doesn't feed a family. It's just two people. It's him and his wife. And then there's look, the people that pay for the meals. That's family. Like, um, yes. there is there is a scene in which Noah... She, she starts turning the tables on him by essentially seducing him back, like toying with his mind and being like I want to see how this world goes I want to taste the food you cook and stuff like that and he is he's clearly mentally unstable because he's chopping people up and eating them but he he does sort of like he is attracted to it and you find out that he doesn't normally sleep with his victims like normally he will be dating them and pretend to be old fashioned because he is married so he has his boundaries he's created in his head but he slept with Noah first date they slept together because they were so attracted to each other and that attraction is still there and she uses that to her to her benefit to get out of that situation. But there is a very interesting scene where she cooks her what looks to be quite a nice little Italian meal. It's like a meatball with like some tagliatelle pasta and it just, it all looks very nice, very well prepared. Oh, well, they meatballs, eh? <laughs> and then he cuts it up and he is eating it and he tells her like, it, it's like nothing you've ever tasted. And once you've tasted it, you can never forget that taste. It's sort of it. It sinks into your taste buds. It's there forever. And then she goes to take a bite and she takes a bite with a wry smile on his face, like savouring that moment, not just the taste, the moment he says, that meal costs $30,000. And I was like, that's way more interesting than anything else this character's said in the film so far. Is like, and you see, there is a scene in which they have like a very quick cut showing different people eating at the property and eating these meals that are being prepared by Sebastian Stan or his partner. And there is even a third person that we very briefly see at the end who comes with the wife to sort of, uh, when she gets concerned that things have got out of hand. But oh, because like, it's like cannibalism. It's isn't not, it out of hand. not out of hand. Because no, no, no. his wife's involved in it all, It's going too far. She's part of it. But I no, could but draw like, the line at the racism, when she thinks that the cannibalism. When she thinks he may be hurt or may, like, maybe something's happened, it turns out that yes or no, maybe it has, maybe it hasn't. I yeah. don't know, but... But the, there's like a really interesting scene where you see all these old people eating meat. It's got Chris Evans in it because he knows what babies, babies taste, taste like. They like, taste yeah. best. Uh, but it's it's really interesting that they've set up this idea that there's like this this entire group, this entire like as I said a cabal like there's this secret group doing this, and you only ever see Sebastian Stan's wife in this third person. It's that- only a cabal in Germany. It's the night breed everywhere else. <laughs> That is the obscure joke of the week. That is one hell of a Clive Barker reference right there. 
Right. Well done. Well done. Well done. That's a deep, deep cut. Hmm. And the first cut is always the deepest. Um, Night breed on 4K. Yet. You can't know. You can barely get it on Blu-ray. Oh, um, so good. But yeah, so it's not. It's terrible. <laughs> Nightbreed's great. It's really bad. Um, kids today. I had I had the official behind-the-scenes book of Nightbreed when I was 11 because the library was selling it off for 50p, and I don't know what I happened. I had the Amiga game. Oh, really? Yeah, the one that was all like a... Um, sort of interactive movie type thing it's yeah. really weird there was two Amiga games yeah uh, but um, but yeah like this film clearly has gone through a lot of rewrites and as it's gone through rewrites they've restricted down the amount of time that's not spent on the two main characters and I think that they've obviously honed in on those characters especially after casting Sebastian Stan because he is he's quite big but like, it's a Hulu film isn't it no, it was originally a cinema release. Yeah, but it's on it's Hulu. It's on Hulu now. Yeah, yeah, it's all... I mean, it's all... Disney. Disney and Fox. Yeah, yeah Sebastian Stan is basically Disney's favourite guy right now. Yeah. He's in everything. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, it's just it's it's just disappointing that, you know, it's a brisk film. It's not long. Except for getting him to play Luke Skywalker. Which would have made perfect sense because he looks just like him. Mm. Um, it's it's a good... like it's It's a good, quick watch and it is schlocky as fuck and it's stupid and it's crap. And I think if you're not into horror movies, if you've not seen this sort of thing a hundred times before, you won't want to watch this because there are better films that do it better and are more interesting. I mean, even just watching Hannibal, one episode of the TV show Hannibal, Tusk. is way more interesting than this. Tusk is nothing to do with cannibalism. Yeah, but uh, it's like, you know, person if you're gonna person recommend Tusk, someone mutilating them. If you're going to recommend Tusk in the same way that someone recommends Fresh, you might as well just say, watch the fucking Saw movies, all right? It's not the same. Uh, it's not the same. About kidnapping it's someone and mutilating them the and stuff same. and having it weird. Is not the same. But um, um, but no, but like kids today. What I mean is that this was clearly written to be more than it is, and they've struck, they've shrunk it down, they've cut it down, they've made it into this. And look, Sebastian Stan's actually really good in it. He plays charming, stupid, but also quite quite sinister very well. But it's just it's just a shame that the film's not better. I mean, it's still. Still shit. But Are you saying that um, the film's lacking depth, right? You say yeah, Johnny yeah, Depp. Yeah, like Tusk. You're saying, uh, like Tusk had Johnny Depp. It hasn't got much meat on its bones. He uh, does it again. He does it again. <laughs> First, he references Nightbreed. Now it's this. When will this man stop? He is the magician on stage, pulling countless rabbits out of his hat. Where are these coming from, man? You've got to pre-written these. This isn't scripted. You're telling me this podcast isn't scripted. <laughs> um, but yeah, like Fresh is a piece of... nominated me for the best writing Oscar. Best comedy podcast. No, best writing, best screenplay. Oh, best, best, best screenplay. screenplay. Yeah. My yeah. life. Yeah. And Sniff. Oscars. Oscar. Um, it's shit, but it's watchable shit. Like, I mean, what more can you ask for? I'm going to give it a... I'm going to give it uh Matthew Modine. It's right down the middle. I know I fucking I can't not recommend it because like I said I enjoyed it to some aspect. But I can see why it's such a shit film. I think that I'm more fascinated by what has happened to this film in the process of it reaching the screen. Or if those scenes that maybe extended it or had more behind them were filmed and they were just cut down because it was a Hulu release and they were like, get it under a certain amount of time and get it out of there because Army Hammer's going to sue us if they find out that we stole his diary. Your review, Ant? Oh, Bucky Barnes Butt Muncher. That's a better title. Bucky Barnes Butt Muncher. Because he eats her butt. I would have just called it Butt Munch. Yeah. 
You've got Butt Munch. Butt Munch is, would be a great title. No one's used Butt Munch as a title before. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Perfect. Your review, Ant? Because I saw um, someone at work had thinking of Butt Munches. Yeah. Um, Titans Season 2. The guy who plays the, the younger Robin in it looks like, like Beavis and Butthead at the same time. Oh, yeah. He's got a really fucking weird face. Yeah, he's got one of those weird jawlines. The, the, butt, the Butthead jawline. Mm. The Beavis jawline. Yeah. Shut up, Beavis. Um, this is the last review. Yeah, it's your last review. You're done now, aren't you? That was your last no, review. No, it's your last review, and then I get a review. Have you actually even got anything spectacular yes. to end on? Yes, the Adam Project. Uh, oh my god! Right, I watched Turn Red. Yeah, uh, I really enjoyed it. it was yeah, really nice. It was a really fun, beautiful little fun animation. But Anne, about- how did you ever watch a film in which and like? Don't stop me if I got this wrong. The title is the title character is a woman. Who has a period? How how could you? She doesn't even have a period. How could you put your mind into that person and watch that? She doesn't film? even have a because period. Because recently, a reviewer said they couldn't watch that film without without without, without thinking about little girls having periods. No, they couldn't. In their head, they couldn't watch that film and enjoy it because they aren't a little girl who has periods. I mean, she doesn't. She doesn't have a period, but the film is a metaphor for growing up. And one day she wakes up as a smelly, hairy monster. That's the thing that happens. I didn't know you were in this. But, um... Oh! So a film about a little girl who one day turns into a panda after an incredibly emotional, embarrassing incident with her mother. Yes. Um, It's tied to their emotions and stuff, and they sort of mention about, oh, we thought we had more time before this would start happening. It's the, the reference being, like, you know, that, you know, she's obviously had some... Her mum, so crippled by the emotional trauma she experienced when she was younger with her mum, has passed it on to her daughter, like, tenfold. Um, like, this really, like, a nice thing, though. She's like, the little girl, is it May, is Mailing? Mailing? Yeah, I think it's Mailing. May- they call May- her May, don't they? Yeah. Um, she's got a really nice group of friends. Everyone's really cool. Um, the dad says nothing until an hour in, but he's <laughs> like, you can tell he cares about stuff and all yeah. that. He's, but he's, you know, the mum's in charge. Mum's in charge of their days, aren't they? Mum's on tour. But, um, yeah, she's basically... The, the film's essentially about, like, the generational expectations that your parents put on you. Their, you know, their shortcomings being transferred to you, what they expect from you to achieve and what they expect you to be. And it's about someone who tries her hardest to be everything her mum would want. But then it's, it turns out she, she also... She also likes looking at boys... Scantily clad boys. She likes drawing pictures of boys. Boys with hair. Yeah, she draws pictures, sexy pictures of boys under her bed, and she gets in trouble. And then her mum thinks it's something to do with Dylan and the like guy who works at the bar. And the other bar, the cuff at the corner shop, who never yeah. turns up again in the thing. No, he's in it for like one, two scenes. Yeah, but um, nah, it's a fun thing. It's about it's all about very awkward girl stuff and um, kaiju's. Don't spoil the film. Sorry, because the. Because Turning Red herself isn't a kaiju. Not no. big enough. It needs to be bigger. Need to be bigger. Yeah, because Mighty Joe Young I wouldn't call a kaiju. Clifford the Big Red Dog? Yeah. Although the acting talent Bill Paxton, Paxman could possibly be considered. Jeremy Paxman. <laughs> Jeremy Corbyn. <laughs> but, um, no, I like Turning Red. It's the thing I really like most, though. I mean, his story's all fun, fine, typical Pixar stuff, although they've been putting a lot of focus on films that don't... And Disney have as well. Films that don't have a straight-up villain anymore. Yeah. There's a lot of, um, you know, it's about a thing. 
that is a conflict which I think a lot of people struggle with nowadays. I think people struggle with films where character conflict is internal and not something they can punch. Do you, you see a pattern in film in film criticism these days, especially from like YouTube critics and people on Twitter and stuff, where they seem to struggle with any film where a character's internal criticism, um, conflict or growth isn't something that's really super clear. Mm. Um, when it's a sp- so a prime example being Finn saying "Rebel scum" in Last Jedi, and people not realizing how important that was to his character growth because they had assumed he was already part of the. Rebellion. He mm. never was. He never was. Never once did they say he was part of the resistance. You know, but it's that thing where he's gone on a journey and because of that they all say, Oh, the whole casino planet thing's pointless. It's like he learned a lesson while there. He saw what was happening to the greater world that he'd never seen before because he was on the other side of it for generations. Just like Boba Fett. But that's what I say learning it, that it's about the people, about the group, the community. It's not about the individual. And he learned it because the sound. No, the people. Boba Fett one's about selling some more Boba Fett toys. No, it's about him learning about community. No, they're it's gonna really sell a toy where he's on he's riding a rank. It's actually quite interesting at times. But this one in turning red, you can tell the sort of critics that get really upset about girl stuff uh, they can't empathize with other characters and that's with other people other humans. Other humans and that's why they struggle to like a film like this where the entire thing yeah. is internal conflict. That's why I there made it isn't something second. for her to punch at the end, really. Not really. I mean there's things there's actually for not, but there's not it's not like there's a villain cackling in the background the no. whole way through the film. It goes to great lengths to make sure that her mother isn't portrayed as a villain. More just a a sort of like a barrier to overcome. One of the things I liked about this, and one of the things I didn't really think about when it came to puberty for women, obviously because I'm I'm not one, I didn't experience that, and it makes it hard for me to even watch this film because I, I find it icky. But when I'm not finding it icky, the main character like starts off as this incredibly confident young girl. Mm. Really, really smart, really confident. She knows what she's doing. She knows what she wants, and that's it. And then as soon as she starts experiencing these powers, you see her suddenly become the traditional protagonist for a story like this. Mm. She becomes withdrawn. She becomes scared and embarrassed and worried. But then... Should be disgusted. But then as soon as her friends are introduced in the story, and and her parents, and as soon as everybody starts finding out about the secret, they all support her, as they would. Yeah. And that's... It's so interesting to see this versus something like from the 80s, where you have something like... It is essentially Teen Wolf, but to use the equivalent of something like Teen Wolf, where Michael J. Fox... The only time that his friends suddenly appreciate him or, or his outside friend group start to appreciate him or the new friends start to appreciate him is when he shows worth. In this, you never have her suddenly showing worth. It's always no. the greater good is we're going to get money to the go whole, see a concert. Then her trying to, you know, monetize her yeah. life to I guess the concert comes after. Yeah, and that. it's kind of her idea. Yeah. Like, the only time that you get the feeling that it's a bit... Mm, it's going for that more traditional teenager story is that party scene where she doesn't turn up. And then yeah. she does turn up dressed in the cardboard thing. And then she actually changes. Yeah, peer like, pressure and stuff. Yeah, yeah. The whole idea of like pretending to be something you're not, then pretending to be something. It would have been funny if she just ate Tyler though. Yeah, it would. That would have been funny. He's a right prick. Yeah, but they like him in the end because he likes the um He's at the concert. Yeah. Do you notice he's got a friendship bracelet on in the last scene? 
No, I didn't. No, all the other girls have friendship bracelets the way through the film. And he's got one at the end. I kept finding it so funny when they brought up the fact that the band's called like All Four something, but there's five of them. Four Town. (laughs) There's five of the fucking idiots. Yeah. They're clearly based on like O-Town. One Direction and and O-Town. Yeah. yeah. One Direction's a bit later. Yeah. I mean, it's set in 2002. 2003, isn't it? No, 2002. It's 2003. No, it's 2002. No, 2003. No, they say it in the beginning of the film. Yeah, it says 2003. No, they don't. It's 2002. Kids today. All right, turning around. Sorry, continue talking about turning around, though. No, I'm done. No, it's a... Yeah, 2002. Liar. Big lie. Set in Toronto, Ontario in 2002. Turning Red follows May Lynn, May Yeah, Lee, but Toronto, 2002 in Toronto was 2003 everywhere else. Oh, fuck off. Yeah. They live Such in a weird time. They live in, they live in How, Canada time. Can we just talk about what is Disney doing to Pixar? Because this film looks fucking incredible. Should be in a cinema. I don't think they ever signed a deal with Pixar that they would have to release their films in cinema contractually obligated oh, so to release they're them. Avoiding it. Yeah. So that, because they're um, last free. Like they've got they've all been straight to Disney Plus. They've got a non-compete clause with Sony. Because Sony's still got Spider-Man now, hasn't it? And they've got Morbius coming up. Yeah. And they've probably got something in there where they were like, no. Apparently the Spider-Man films for streaming have been signed to Netflix. So after No Way Home's done its, um, like its tour on on-demand streaming, yeah, it'll be on Netflix. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Huh. Um, yeah, they've got, so they've got a whole thing with Spider-Man. Well, yeah, because it's Sony, isn't it? Yeah. They've got a separate streaming deal. With but Netflix. it is weird that like Encanto got a cinema release, even if it was only for a month. Yeah, but that, but Luca that didn't, and Soul didn't, and this didn't. Soul did. Soul didn't. Soul, did. Soul, Soul was straight release. on. Yeah, it was straight on Disney Plus. Yeah, but it got a cinema release as well. Not before it. No, at the same time. No. Soul came out in cinemas as well. But um, that is good title. I like Turning Red. I liked it as well. I thought it was really yeah. good. I read that review, and I was like, I was, you know how like when you read something, especially something in like news, you always try and like treat it with a pinch of salt. So I was like. Maybe this guy is just, maybe he's just one of those reviewers that usually reviews like action films or some shit like that. Maybe he's not actually a film critic and he doesn't really understand how to properly review something. He's just a twat. And he is just a twat. Like I've read his other stuff. Like the the comment he even like the the published review was dog shit in the first place, and then like his comments afterwards, he was like. He was literally just saying, oh, I can't really associate with a girl, you know. And it's like, then don't. Watch the fucking movie. Have a little bit of introspection and try yeah. to figure out what it's like to have or so many films that are entirely the, the films about fucking, men all the time. It's actually really just an enjoyable movie. You yeah. don't need to always... I love the animation on it. There's some details in there. Um, Abby, especially. Um, the volleyball scene, where they're all just like... Not volleyball, dodgeball. Yeah. Um, there's little details in her animation there which are freaking incredible. Like when she bites the dodgeball and her mouth does a full-blown Ghibli giant white <laughs> around the thing. But there's one bit we can see her in the background holding two dodgeballs and she's aiming and quite clearly the way they've animated it is someone with a mouse has just moved the Z-axis or whichever the Z-axis is on this 3D modelling software because it's different on every modelling well, software. Well, Pixar have their own, they released um, it. Not but they move, they move it left and right, and you can tell it's a mouse movement. It's just like a jerky, <laughs> like mouse movement. I but did, it's like on purpose. It's like <laughs> I got the feeling that someone, someone at the production studios over at Pixar, I know that they plan these things years in advance. But that <laughs> intro felt so much like a like a watered down version of uh, Mitchell's versus the Machines. Mm. You know, like her intro where she's like, "I'm." I'm surprised how late they recorded the voiceovers for this though, because um, was it this one or was it the other one that came out? 
What's the one that Stephanie Beatrice is in? Oh, Encanto. Encanto. Yeah, that was it, Encanto. Yeah, she did. Uh, she apparently did her song while she was in labour. Yeah, that was like August last year or something. Yeah, it's insane yeah. Isn't it? how quick the turnaround is on that because it came yeah. out in December. I imagine voiceover stuff's probably recorded long and the actual dialogue is recorded. The portable kit stuff they've got now is incredible as well. They get like little mixing desks and they send someone to go and do the engineering so it's just like yeah. a select crew that just go and basically self-isolate after they do it but they just upload everything. Yeah, but I, I like turning red. I don't know what's what's next. Lightyear is the next Pixar thing, isn't it? Lightyear, yeah, and they've <laughs> so again, again. I should. Well, no, I actually think it looks interesting because it's like them all stranded on a planet, isn't it? They're trying to get back to Earth. Yeah, it sounds like they're trying to do like like what's that um, well, yeah. enemy enemy mind or whatever it is the one enemy where mind. Dennis Quaid and that other alien are trapped but on no, the planet. It's the thing that they're doing a Buzz Lightyear movie that's going to be like an action CGI thing. But we had Buzz Lightyear Star Command. Uh, the TV program, yeah, the animated series. Yeah. I mean, this is supposed to be the man Buzz Lightyear, the toy is based on, or some shit. Yeah, yeah. Which implies that in the universe of Toy Story, we've been to other planets and met alien invasions. No, 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 no. So you know how like we had uh, Toxic Avenger, and then we had Toxic Avenger, the the Toxic Avenger and the Toxins or whatever it was, the Toxic Kids Crusader. Car- there you go, the cartoon. Yeah. So basically, Buzz Lightyear in the Toy Story films is based on Toxic Crusaders. And then we're seeing Toxic Avenger. That's the equivalent of this in that world. So they've got like an animated v- version of like a property. And that's what we've seen the toys from before. That's why there's different proportions. And they look different. It's because that's like the animated version. And then this one is like the film that's based on. So it's like Ultimate Spider-Man versus Sam Raimi Spider-Man sort of thing. You know, uh, like it's like it's like a diluted version of a product basically. But because we were always just seeing it from the prospect of this is a product that is produced based on this property. As in the next Toy Story film is Buzz Lightyear going to have to fight the adult collectible toy market version? Yeah, yeah, version the McFarlane version. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm... The I, Sideshow I, collectibles guy. So there is something interesting about this. So apparently Disney have... Because um, you know they've got that whole don't say gay bill and they've pulled their funding for like Florida and all that other shit because of the, because of the bill where you're not allowed to talk about homosexuality in, <laughs> in school anymore. Um, God forbid a kid should learn about gay people. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, they've tried to make it like they've tried to make it as an anti-grooming bill, even though it doesn't protect people online. It doesn't protect kids online. Yeah. It doesn't make it so it's easier to prosecute people that try and groom kids online. Well, it's it because as they have um, scientifically proven in their own heads while they thought about it for five minutes yeah. that uh, gay people are all paedophiles. Apparently, like it genuinely fucking blows my mind that there are people on the internet that go. What's this bill called? And then, whatever his name is, is it DeSantos, the prick? Yeah. Um, whatever his name is, he turns around and he goes, oh, it's an anti-grooming bill. It's like, oh yeah, what part of this stops people from grooming kids? It's like, well, they're not allowed to say gay in class anymore. Yeah, okay, got it. They're not allowed to teach sex ed, sex ed to people that were three to seven. It's like, did that ever happen before? No, now it can't happen. And they're like, they can't talk about gender non-binary people, they can't talk about My aunt gets very angry about the idea of them teaching sex education to children as well. I got taught when I was eight. Yeah. Like, we got taught early here. In the UK, you just get taught that there's a dick and there's a vagina. Yeah, but Never that's terrible. Never shut the two betwixt. <laughs> but it's terrible that kids learn that, because the moment they learn that, then they're going to be doing it non-stop. Yeah, but when you... When, Obviously. When I was eight, when I was eight, the internet wasn't a massive thing. So we didn't have to worry about kids being on the internet and being groomed by people on the internet. But once I turned 11... And it's I weird, had, though, because I know people who were abused before the internet was a major thing. That was going to be part of what I was saying. <laughs> it's that, like, when I when MSN, you remember MSN Messenger? Yeah. When that was, like, widely used, when I was, like, between the ages of 11 and 13, 
you would have to know someone to add them. You'd get their screen name and you'd put it in, right? Yeah. But the thing is that people would add you that you wouldn't know. And the intro would always be, I'm a mate of a mate. Or, you know, I'm that person that you met at school the other day. Yeah, my name's Tim. Or some shit like that. And you weren't taught, like, you weren't taught sex ed so that you could fuck someone at the age of eight. You were taught sex ed so that when someone on the internet turned around to you and says, can you send me pics of you topless or can I see your dick? You go, I know that's bad. I know an adult shouldn't be asking a child that because I was taught at a young age, that's bad. And I didn't do it. But there were people in my class that would have conversations with people when we were like 11 to 13. And they'd be like, oh, a friend of a friend. We were just mucking about on the internet and I showed him my webcam. And then he was like showing me his dick and stuff. And it was really funny. It was really random. And it was like, oh, right. And did you know him? It's like, no, it turned out it was this older guy. It's like, yeah, you just, that's that's online grooming. That's a bad thing. That shouldn't happen. And like, in it, when I think about like my life and the way that things have shaped it so easily that I could have been a victim of something like that. Everyone could have. Like, especially when the internet was just coming about. People didn't, you didn't have to catch a predator as soon as the internet was about. You had your mates online. You were just talking to people. And and it's so fucking... No, I didn't know that. I didn't, MSN wasn't really No, yeah, you didn't have MSN. Until like, I was let, I pretty much when I was finishing school. By the time that I was like 15, 16, and Bebo was a thing, and shit like that was a thing. Shouldn't have been a Bebo at 15. <laughs> By the time that I was that old, and like, things had advanced, and like, suddenly because you're older the predators are uh, are no longer online they're around you and you see signs of people being particularly predatory and like i've had experiences where where i've been a victim of someone maybe not directly assaulting me but doing stuff that you know makes me a victim and i don't like thinking of myself as a victim in any aspect of my life look man i just want to see if it would fit (laughs) but like you know what I mean? Like, and you think to yourself, there are direct, and like, I don't feel good when I think about the situations that I was in, in that, at that age. I don't feel good about the shit that happened to me, but it was so far beyond something where someone is actually directly assaulted or molested by someone, but it's still, you, I just fucking hate thinking of myself as a victim. Where are you going off this tangent? Oh, sorry. I was just talking about don't say gay bill. And then I got fucked off. Because, because kids need to be taught. Why did you get on don't say gay bill? Oh, because we were talking about DeSantos and Encanto. Oh, yeah, that's it. So the new film that's coming out, Lightyear, um, they put a gay kiss back in it. Disney, after retracting their funding from Florida, put a gay kiss back in, uh, don't say, in, uh, don't say gay. I'm sure it's Lightyear. focused on and it's a major moment. Yeah, yeah. Like those two women holding hands and those hundred million mums complained about it to Disney and tried to get Toy Story 3 or 4 pulled from cinemas. No, it was um, Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. They complained about the two women hugging. Wasn't it, wasn't it Princess Leia's... It was just daughter. two random characters. No, no, it wasn't. It was it was the, it was um, Carrie Fisher's real life daughter Bloody was hugging someone. Yeah, they hugged someone in the background at the end. I think one of them's an alien one, isn't she? Don't yeah, they? but I think it's Carrie Fisher's daughter is in Star Wars. And she yeah, is. Yeah. She's like one of the people working over. Anyway, it's my last review, isn't it? Oh god. So I'm going to review not being molested. <laughs> but no, um, my last review this week is the Adam Project. Uh, oh yeah you said you wanted to cover yeah well, I don't know why but no, I fucking don't know why either so everybody saw Free Guy uh, it's Free Guy 2 it's the same director it's Ryan Reynolds again Zoe Saldana's in there this time for some reason she agreed to do this um, you've got Mark Ruffalo uh, zero Mark Ruffalo's for this one Ant is Mark Ruffalo in it yeah he gets zero out of five Mark Ruffalo's in this oh, does Ryan Reynolds spit on him maybe yeah. um and then there's a young guy playing a young Ryan Reynolds, and then you've got Catherine Keener, and you've got um, 
Oh, God, what is her name? She played Electra. And help me out here. She was <gasps> married to Ben Affleck. Who? The person who's in this, the woman, the female. Jennifer Garner. Jennifer Garner, thank you. Sorry, I forgot her name for a second there. So Jennifer Garner's in it as well. She plays the mum of this young man who one day meets his future self, played by Ryan Reynolds, who has um, gone back in time to try and prevent the introduction of time travel. That's, I mean, oh man. And he he finds out that to to actually stop... Time paradox. Finds out to actually stop time travel... He needs to go back even further with his younger self to go and see their dad, who sadly has passed away by that point in time, so he's unable to get his help. And so Ryan Reynolds, Mark Ruffalo plays the father, and his and Ryan Reynolds' younger self work together to stop Catherine Keener and Catherine Keener's younger self from inventing time travel and thus basically doing a bunch of nasty, naughty stuff that uh, that that is causing trouble and shenanigans in the future. But if he stops time travel being invented... Ryan Reynolds has a lightsaber. Yeah, but if he stops time travel being invented, um, like, how's he going to time travel to stop time travel being invented? Oh, so here's the interesting part. Once they stop time travel being invented, they start playing catch, and Mark Ruffalo goes, don't tell me how I die, even though his death is caused by a driving accident, and the person that he is killed by is obviously not going to be okay... So them telling him that something bad will happen and giving him that information could actually save two lives. Oh. But they say, don't do it. Mark Ruffin is like, don't do it. It might fuck up the time stream. It's like, how can it fuck up any more than it already has, really? How could we fuck it up yeah, any more than Maybe that guy who got messed up was on his way to... Um, a, a Hitler a, convention. Yeah, to, Hitler to be a Hitler. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's such a stupid concept. It's such a... Like, here's the thing. I find Ryan Reynolds charming. The I'm sorry. The guy's directing Deadpool, Deadpool 3. Yeah. It's going to be bad. Um, I find Mark Ruffalo charming. Hell, even the kid has his moments. Catherine Keener is a phenomenal actress. She's been great in a lot of things. Uh, but why is this film... Why does this film exist? Why does this film exist? Why is... I'll give you one better. Who is Gamora? Yeah. I'll give you one better. What is Gamora? Why is like, it's it's just so fucking weird that this is a film like people love this as well like people really fucking love this and I watched this and I was like this is just an eighties film that I saw when I was a kid except Ryan Reynolds has a lightsaber in this like they even go as far to say oh that's just like and Ryan Reynolds stops the kid from saying lightsaber because it's Netflix it's not Disney they can't say lightsaber they don't own the rights ah what a what a what a bloody and you can tell you could see you could see them salivating at the prospect that Disney might have bought this property and made it, but no, Netflix got in first. Um, it's just bad, mate. Like, uh, why did I watch it? Everyone loved it. Yeah, everybody really liked it. I'll tell you what though. Um, not to pivot because I'm so sick of talking about the Adam oh, Project already. Shit. I saw Studio 666. Don't review something else. What's important is a Godzilla vs. Kong sequel has been greenlit. Really? Adam, yeah. It's Adam Wingard again. I have no idea. Who fucking gives a shit? I just want to see Godzilla vs. Kong. So I'm going to talk about Studio 666 during the Foo Fires because I'm, I fucking hate myself for bringing up the Adam Project now, Ant. Well, you shouldn't review the Adam Project. You could, you've, I didn't review it. I didn't give it a score. It's not official. Oh, so, uh, no, stop it. End I saw Studio 666. It's almost two o'clock. With... Uh, two. 
with uh, Dave Ours. Grohl and the Foo Fighters. And uh, I'll tell you what, like, I have... you be a sex time. Pardon? Can't you be a sex time. No, I've got it yeah, done now. Yeah. Um, I'm a fan of the Foo Fighters, or at least I was until, like, I don't know, All My Life. That was probably the last album I bought by them. It wasn't called All My Life. No, it wasn't. What was it called? One by One? <laughs> no. Uh, what was the album called? Colour and the Shape. No, it was Colour and the Sound, wasn't it? No, Colour and the Shape. Colour and the Shape. That's the second album. Yeah. First album's Foo Fighters, Colour and the Shape, Nothing Left to Lose. Yep. Then there's The Dark Years. The Dark Years. And then they had one good album. Yeah. Which was uh, Rage, um, no, Rise for Rage and Grace's The Offspring album. It's got a similar name to that. Yeah. But um, You're not a big fan of any of the side projects. But after that, it's all downhill again. Yeah. You're not a fan of any of the side projects or anything like that. Probot's good. I think people I like don't Probot. give enough credit to Probot. I liked Probot. I thought they were good. I liked, yeah. uh, I liked everything you did with the with Tenacious D. I mean, Tenacious D, you can't go wrong when you've got That's Kyle true. Gass on freaking guitar. Can uh, you? But no, so it's actually this film, um, for a film that is that is a band, that like, it's, it. I mean, I don't usually find this sort of thing appealing because bands can't usually act, but Dave Grohl's really charismatic and leads it quite well. Um, and then the rest of the band... <gasps> what about when Kiss teamed up with Scooby-Doo? Terrible, uh, but the rest of the band the they are they are fully in, they are fully into it. They're just like okay, cool. Will Forte's in here. Um, he That's plays nice like a delivery him. guy, and they've got the main singer, the lead singer from Slayers in it. And it's just it is it is everything the trailer leads it up to look like. It's it, they go to Echo, rec- Silence, Patience, and Grace. Oh, there you go. So yeah. they go to they they're basically trying to write their tenth album. Dave Grohl's in a bit of a rut. Oh, yeah, one by one, that was all right. Yeah. Mm. Hey, they're in a bit of a rut, and uh, and Dave Grohl. Wasting Light was the really good album. Which one was Wasting, Wasting Light? Wasting Light. That's the one I'm thinking of. That's the okay. one that's got um, oh, uh, it's got Rope and Walk. Oh yeah, yeah, and all um, that on it. But yeah, so they basically go to this place to go and record this new album. And Dave Grohl in the when they when they go and look around, they're like, oh, this is the place. Can you hear those acoustics? And he's clapping his hands together. And every time he claps his hands together, there's like a demonic image. Like appearing, and he goes, "Guys, can you hear those acoustics?" And he slaps his hands together, and he's just like, <laughs> and he's just like, "Yeah, guys, this is it." And then from there, he's just possessed by this this evil um, ex band leader who basically killed his entire band, went mad trying to write the perfect album, and Dave Grohl gets possessed by him and kills off the rest of the band slowly. And it's up to the remaining members to well, try how are and going to release any more albums. Try and release. There is, there's. So they basically they are losing their minds as he gets more and more possessed because he's writing these incredible chunky riffs and like this great music and they're like Dave we love the song but it's like eighteen minutes long and he goes yeah I know it's got to be longer and they're like no 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 Dave Dave we can't release an eighteen minute long song and he goes yeah I know it's gonna be thirty eight minutes <laughs> and he's like he's fully invested and like the guitar's amazing and there's like a bit where. Basically, he's getting the people to go in, and this by this point they know they they know he's possessed, and he gets Tyler on the drums, and Tyler is drumming away, and he's like playing perfectly, and he goes, he goes, there you go, Dave, are you happy? I've done it, I've recorded the drums. He goes, that was perfect, and as he's doing it, it's like it was phenomenal. I mean, you've never played better, and then Fraser Simple cuts his head off, and I was like, it's so funny that that's like. I was expecting him to do it midway through the song, but he actually waits for him to complete it. Even though he can play Maybe drums, recording. and he's really, really good. Like you know, Dave Grohl plays drums. He played drums in Nirvana. Like that's the whole thing about him. And uh, and and like even though he could have recorded it himself, because he's possessed by a demon that is able. Yeah, but does to... the demon know how to play? Drums? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's the whole point. Is the demon can literally play anything? Like he's like just 
And um, <laughs> and he's just like, yeah, Tyler, you did great. And he just kills him off. And I was like, that is way too matter of fact. <laughs> but it was great. It was just really nice, stupid moment. He, there's someone gets bifurcated. They get chainsaw bifurcated, you know, through an art. Yeah. Two people get it at once. They're fucking when it happens. Yeah. And I was like, I've never seen that in a film. And I'm seeing in a Foo Fighters movie called Studio 666. And the ending has like some some decent fire stuff going on. There's like it's all really fun and stupid. Does Chris Novoselic turn up. Yes. Does he get killed? No, he's uh, smiling the whole time. It no, is Chris, should. isn't it? Like, yeah, the other one from Nirvana that no one likes. Oh, because uh, he's a bit of a right wing weirdo now. I don't think he's in it. No. Uh, let me just quickly check. But no, you know who's the who's the guy that left after they did Monkey Wrench? Um, the black guy. They had a black guy in the band? Yeah. Foo Pat Fires. Smear. But Foo Fighters is like the whitest band in the no, world. No, Pat Smear. Okay. Huh? Oh, him? Yeah. Nah. So, Pat's in it. He's 62. Jesus, he's the oldest of them all. But yeah. he's in it. And he, for no reason, other than I think he likes to be able to get to the fridge quite easily, is sleeping on the counter in the kitchen. <laughs> and he's mm. always in a full set of Victorian-style gym jams. Yeah. He's got like a little hat. And he can't stop smiling. He can't deliver a single line, even when they're like, we're going to die. He's smiling, just super happy. And nice it, guy. I just feel like nah, he can't act, but I'm in love with him. I genuinely love him when he's in, when he's on the screen. But yeah, really, really fun, really stupid, but it is totally going to be a stretch if you aren't a fan of the Foo Fighters. There is a great joke that's in the trailer where Dave Grohl's like, hey guys, guys, I come up with this great riff. And it's like, dun, 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 And they're like, they're like, yeah, Dave, that was a great song when you wrote 20 years ago. That was ever long. He's like, oh. He goes, okay, how about this? Dun, 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 They're like, Dave, Dave, I think you need to take a break, man. He's like, yeah, you're right. I probably need to take a break. Wait. I can't remember what he plays. I think, oh no, it's my hero. I think it's my hero. Like, Dave, just go rest. What are you doing? He's played all the riffs. He doesn't need to so play. He's so fucking funny. He's, he's such a nice, well. like, you can tell, like, he's very charismatic and, like, the group respect him and, like, they're all in it for a laugh and it doesn't feel just like a cash cow. It doesn't feel like a cash grab thing at all because it didn't get a wide release. It's not going to make a ton of money. It's like a $10 million fucking horror movie Is and they've just shut or something. I think it's probably going to go on shutter, yeah. I Is think it's, it's, it's sure got, streaming somewhere. I've seen it advertised. It, I like, I saw it in, saw it in Guildford, like, they had, like, one screening. Yeah. yeah. I've seen it advertised for streaming somewhere. Yeah, because I wanted to go see X, you know, the new Ty West one. Just like all set around the porn site, the porn shoot, and they're like, they're getting killed off. By I don't know what a Ty West is. Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, Studio 666 is dumb as fuck, but it is fun if you're a Foo Fighters fan. And like, when I say I'm a Foo Fighters fan, in the loosest possible sense I'm a fan, I haven't bought an album in years, and I haven't been like super into them, but when I was younger, fucking loved them, and it was just great to see them all still, still having a great time, being all right. Oh, it's got Whitney Cummins in it. Yeah, she's in it. Isn't that from the sitcom, Whitney? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, isn't she? She's like a friggin... Is she a weirdo? Yeah. What does she do? Um, She friggin... She's one of the friggin... Is she anti-vax or some shit? Oh, is she anti-vax? Yeah, there's something. I can't remember. There's something about her that's like... Like the reason why Whitney got cancelled and everyone stopped... Like she stopped getting stuff and work. Oh, shit. Yeah, I remember well, years she gets, ago. she gets killed off, so... Ah, good. Spoilers. Um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. Really fucking liked it. Um, I was, I will admit this, I was playing Elden Ring whilst I watched it, but to be fair, I'm playing Elden Ring every time I get a chance to play Elden Ring, so 
That's not surprising. All right, uh, but I'm going to give it... To be fair, I had, I had a lot of fun, so I'm, uh, I'm going to give it a uh, Brendan Fraser. I enjoyed it a lot. I think that people's patience for it is going to be severely based on... Well, it's going to be entirely based on how much you like the Foo Fighters and how much you find these people sufferable, but if you find them completely insufferable and you don't like any of that type of music, I don't think you're going to enjoy it. But yeah, if you do, I really liked it. See, they're going, oh, we need to record podcasts. Yeah, though, fucking the Adam to... Project. Sorry, sorry, Freaking... sorry. Yeah. The Adam Project's dog trying shit. Trying to squeeze like... extra views. It's in. not dog shit. Like, this is the problem. It's middle of the line at best, and people fucking love it. And middle of the it. line. Yeah, just straight down the middle. It's like. Middle of the road. It's the middle phrase. of the road, sorry. Yeah. It's the plain toast of movies. Plain white bread toasted. That's it. That's what that film is. That's what Netflix movies are. They're made for people to go, oh, there's Ryan Reynolds. I know his face. I'm going to watch that. They've made some good movies, right? Have they? Yeah. That, what was that fucking Western they did not long ago with... Um, Power of the Dog. Lakeith Stanfield. No. Um, and Idris Elba was in it. No idea. Have you not seen it? Dark Tower. Um, no, The Harder They Fall. It was fucking incredible. Has one of the best 25 minute finales of any fucking film I've seen. It's, um, who else is it? It's the guy who played Kang's in the, he's the lead. Kang the Conqueror? Yeah, um, I'll give you the. Idris Alba, Zazie Beats, Regina King, Jonathan Majors, that's the guy who played Kang. No, he was the former Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. <laughs> the Keith Stanfield, like, there's, uh, it's Demi Wayne's Jr.'s in it for a cameo. Delroy Lindo's in it at the end, he's fucking incredible. I love Delroy Lindo. That's another point, the five bloods. Basically, any film where you... The less white people in a film, the better the film is on Netflix. Mm. Which is why they haven't projected Like, so um... Zoe Bright. It. Yeah. <laughs> like Bright. Yeah. That famous movie that's getting a sequel. Totally. It had an anime, didn't it? Wink. Did wink. it have an anime spin-off? No. I'm sure the anime... They were going to do an anime spin-off and they didn't. They did the anime spin-off to that shitty superhero thing, which really important. They did Super Crooks. Yeah, but they did that. That that was already planned when Thingy got cancelled, didn't it? Yeah, but they still did it. Apparently, it's good. Uh, I haven't watched it. I probably isn't because the show was boring as fuck. Yeah, the only good thing about that show was the past, and that's a fucking problem when you're trying to set film, set program in the future. All right. Anyway, that's my last review. Is it now? Yeah. Shit, Star Trek Discovery finished. Oh yeah, how's that? I'll review it next time. You sure? Remind me. We could do it. Nah. Nah, because I want to see where Picard's going, because right now it's not going... <laughs> it's not going well. They got any robots? They've gone to 2024, right? And in 2024 in Star Trek history, I talked about it when I was reviewing Deep Space Nine. Yeah. They've got the slums where they chuck all the, um, the poor people into and say, we're going to get you jobs, and they just hold them up in these slum areas and then, you know, treat them bad. Like, you know, basically put them in an area as prisons. Scotland. But in this, in Picard, they've travelled to 2024 Los Angeles, which is basically like the same place that episode past tense of Deep Space Nine was set. And all you see is a a little slum that's like, not not like the big lockdown areas, like it was whole city blocks Mm. that they had turned into ghetto slums. It was like a bit in a park (laughs) with some homeless people, which you could film in Los Angeles right now if you wanted to. And I'm like, man, freaking respect your freaking history. Like, because 2024 is a pivotal point in the Star Trek canon past. Mm. It's like a major moment where the con- where the world was pulled back from the brink of fascism. 
That's what Jonathan Cochran invented uh, Warp Speed. No, it wasn't. Oh. That was freaking 2074. Oh, sorry. God, you kids today. Freaking, I, I don't, don't know respect my, I don't know. Star Trek. I might watch. I might watch. Shall I review? Next time I'll review Star Trek, uh, the Borg one. First Contact. Yeah. <sighs> that one Donner in it. It does, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like Neil Damien Dark. He was in Flash apparently recently. He was in uh, he was in uh, Welcome to Raccoon City, the new Resident Evil film. Yeah, good old Neil McDonough. He's always he played William Birkin. William Merkin. Yeah, he became William Birkin. Although he's, he's in he's, one of those Bruce Willis films. Is he? Yeah, probably. Yeah. The problem with that film, Resident Evil, I really still like it, and I'm still going to rewatch it. Doesn't matter. It's a TV series, so it's yeah, there good. is. Yeah, it's got um, Beck from. Victorious in it, though. Does it? <laughs> yeah, he's no, Liam Kennedy. The only problem, the only problem with Welcome to Raccoon City was that they went, look, we got William Burke in, and then they just made him William Burke in the last five minutes. They didn't like have a slow transformation, and when you sort of do that, it just takes away from what that character is because you're not meant to know him personally. He's just a scientist who got fucked Makes over it by really Raccoon. tragic. It's art. No, but it's not meant to be tragic. He's a fucking monster. We have a boss battle at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Press X on your controller at home if you want to win the boss battle. I might replay those Resident Evil 2 and 3 games soon because uh, they're getting HD update. Not HD, but they're getting updates for the PS5. Mm. So they might do like I've 60 FPS PC where it already looks... Well, you got Resident Evil 3? I've got Resident Evil 2 on PS- PC. Oh, yeah, doesn't matter. Yeah, it already looks... Pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. That game is stunning. Mm. Anyway. Anyway, that's been the episode of mom. episode 182. Find out at LV54 Space Monkey on Twitter and also at Wild Will's Hat. You can also find him at Mellow Gaming on YouTube and you can also find him at... Not reacting to Zentai Yoppa Ranger because that's no longer working. Uh, but what's the other one? Ants Bot Collection? You still Possibly, doing that? Okay, cool. You can find me at Critopocalypse everywhere, especially your mum's house, you cunt. That's a bit mean. You might say goodbye. Bye. I won't say goodbye because I'll see you in the morning when you cook me breakfast because I'm going to sleep with your mum, you bitch. Boris Johnson fucks kids. Do you hear Jennifer Curry's releasing. Uh, Who? Um, you know the girl that apparently Boris Johnson definitely didn't have an affair oh, with. Oh, Boris got a job. Fuck mistress. Yeah, um, she's writing a um, uh, erotic novel about uh, a um, prime minister that about, fucks a woman from America and gives her about an affair. Oh, a woman having an affair. A public money. Hundred fifty k. That oh. definitely didn't happen. How long until he cheats on whatever? Her name well, it's been is. about a year, hasn't it? So, so, so he's got to have a kid somewhere else. A couple now. of weeks. He's got to have a kid somewhere else. Eight now. kid. Eight nine. How much cancer does she have to get before he cheats on her? Doesn't the cancer's irrelevant? Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, because he said that he waited for his wife to get really sick before he cheated on her. Mm. His last one. Yeah, that's what you want with from Carrie. Minister. With Carrie, he slept yeah. with Carrie because the stress of having a sick wife mm. was so difficult that he had to fuck someone younger, marry her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the prime minister. That's the prime minister whose father has reportedly. Been caught, well, been done for abusing his wife so badly he broke her fucking nose. That's our prime minister. Oh, family. you don't hit the nose. If you do, sack of oranges doesn't leave a bruise. <laughs> It'll bruise the oranges. Exactly. God. Yeah. Anyway. Or a bar of soap and a pillowcase if you want to do it military stuff. Say goodbye before you start accusing statesmen. I'm sorry. British I'm statesmen. Sorry. I'm not accusing because an accusation. Could potentially be considered liable. It's all satire because in real life we wouldn't have a philandering. We're just saying child it's molesting. been reported. Yeah, we wouldn't have a child molesting philandering prime minister. He'd be someone sensible who doesn't lie in prime minister, in PMQs and stuff like that. You know, you know, like uh, like we don't. You have to think back a long way. 
Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Anyway, bye. Bye, everyone. Uh, Bro, shows don't fuck any kids.